Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Hi, everybody. It's June the 30th, 2016, and it's time for my private audio call. And tonight, our special guest speaker, spur of the moment like, is Kevin Michaels. You might have heard him uh, a little bit on the tail end of our call last week, but uh, I got some emails saying they were interested in hearing what he had to say, especially from Pave Bart. I don't see him on the call. Pave Bart, are you on the call? Uh, oh, well, he I'm sure he'll come. I emailed him and told him you were going to be on. So, <laughs> Welcome, my dear. Thank you for coming on. <laughs> You are so funny. Am I? Why? <laughs> That's so sporadic. <laughs> For a moment, yeah. That's okay, though. Sometimes that's the best kind of fun you can have, yeah, you know? I know. Nobody's uh, been rehearsed. It's all raw. <laughs> it's all natural. So yeah. what's on your mind? What's on my mind? Well, you called me, so I guess <laughs> I'll tell you what I've been thinking about lately. Okay. And uh, um, I know a lot of people have been getting harassed uh, by the county or the city saying they got a public nuisance. Um, and, you know, I just wanted to relate what California Civil Code says. Um, so, so basically, if you have like a, a car and you're parked on your lawn or your grass is too high and everything else, they see that's a public nuisance. Well, that's not necessarily true under Civil Code 3490 because it has to amount of an actual obstruction of a, of a public right. So how would you be obstructing a public right, you know, on your own property when they have no rights on your property, right? So... Um, and, and there's several forms that they can do for a, a public nuisance, which is, uh, you know, indict you or, you know, or go get an information for a grand jury indictment or something. Yeah, they can do a civil action or they can do an abatement, you know. Um, but now here's the thing, okay, if your property isn't maintained for public, there can never be, uh, you know, it, uh, let's say a nuisance, especially you know if it's only going to hurt you. You know if you got too much crap in your yard or something like that, right? But uh, where, where it gets down to it is people just don't read what the law says about these things, and they get stuck in these deals here, and uh, it's often irreversible for people because uh, you know it's just like. Uh, most people have uh, heard that, you know, the girl down the street getting pregnant, right? Well, you know, she said that the guy told her that, uh, you know, it was her first time and that she wouldn't get pregnant on the first one, you know? (laughs) Well, how many times have we heard that, right? Mm, Well, (laughs) you know, I mean, it's apropos, right? I mean, so you can't believe everything you hear from everybody, right? So, 
you know, especially public servants these days because they have, you know, other things on their mind other than trying to help you out. You know, they they mostly want to try to uh, penalize you somehow when they have no rights on your land and the county isn't, you know, like Los Angeles County, for example, it is is not you're not situate within the county. The county's got boundaries, of course, but you know what what is the county? Let's say, okay, the county, it, you know, may the county may operate out to a certain limit, which is called the county line, right? But they have no enforcement over private property, especially that of land patented property. Why is that? Because they don't own it. They most likely never made any reservations before confirmation of the land patent. And when where Congress and the president signed off and gave it to a guy. And uh you know, the the county's only property is really where where the, the county hall is, you know, and uh you know, that's not very big, right? It's just like the ten square miles. The Fed can't go out and say that you committed a crime and the you know, up in uh, the Santa Monica Mountains, and uh, be, because they don't own it, and the Constitution limits them to 10 square miles, which is around Washington, the city of Washington, Washington D.C., uh, yeah. or the district. city, right? The, the District of Columbia. Well, that's what they called it lately, since about 1870. But uh, you know, there, there's a lot of problems here that we have with that. Um, you know, people are getting harassed for doing all kinds of things and, uh, you know, the Fed doesn't have any right to do it, you know, but since you don't know it and, and, and see, it's just like this too, is like these district courts, like let's say central district right downtown on uh, spring street. Well, they don't really have any rights over you because, you know, uh, this is not a United States territory. California is its own sovereign state and uh, on equal footing with the original 13. Does anybody on the call know how each state was formed? Um, I don't know. They'd have to raise their hand and press star 8 to let me know if they knew. So I don't know. But just, it's okay. Well, basically... The states had to have a certain amount of population, and when they reached that certain amount of population, they they were able to petition Congress for them to be admitted into the union. Okay, and uh, you know, and 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 part of that was that they had to have a republican form of government, not a democratic one. You know, we're not a democracy. Each of the states are not democracies; they're strictly republican. And form, and the United States is supposed to protect that right, okay, and keep it you from going democratic because it's not about mob rule; it's about who owns property, uh, who ha- is the are the parties that have standing to do anything. It's like you know you couldn't vote unless you own property, you couldn't be an elected official unless you own property. So basically, what they've done is. Since 1871 in the Civil War, they've bastardized that down there. So, you know, uh, you know, you, you see all these, you know, people from China buying property over in Arcadia. There's millions of them over there now. Well, they were never supposed to have any property rights because they're foreigners. 
and uh, a lot of other things like this. So, uh, you know, and, and what that has done is destabilized it. And it's like uh, with the areas where these Muslims are, you know, you can't walk through there if you're a woman and you don't have a head cover because they'll beat on you, you know, right? But uh, it's like what's happening over in France and uh, England. Is they have these little communities where you can't walk through there. Well, what, what kind of uh, baloney is this here, you know? Um, you know, our so-called public servants aren't doing their job by letting them know that, look, you come to our country, you're going to have to do what we tell you, you know? Because <clears throat> that's just how we do things here, you know? And we don't care about where you came from. You know, you're in our country now, and so you're going to have to learn the language and learn our customs and our ways. If you don't, then you got to get the hell out. But uh, anyway, so there's a lot of things going on with these things. So, um, you know, and and especially when we're looking at nuisance lawsuits, we can look at uh, the law, and it says specifically in California that the county cannot file a nuisance lawsuit against you unless they get the Board of Supervisors' permission. The city cannot file a nuisance lawsuit unless they get the, the city law legislators to approve it. So if you're one of those people that are getting harassed and they've sued you and you're in the middle of it, you might want to look to what those laws are there and... Uh, read up on those because they probably didn't ever get any permission. Therefore, if they ever did get a judgment against you, it's void because of that, because you just can't skip procedure that's required in order to get something else here, right? So essentially it's it's a fraud there on the part of the county or county council or the city council when they don't go and get approval because, you know, uh, you know, we're supposed to have oversight by our representatives, and those people are the, the people that we elect to the city and those that we elect to the to the county. So, you know, that that's that's one thing that we have to really look at here. And, uh, you know, not enough people really read the books, and I would suggest that everybody get a, 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 a at least one law book and read it thoroughly in the next three months and start with like, let's say the civil code, read the whole thing from beginning to end, then get the civil code of procedure, then get the government code. And, uh, you know, then you go down and look at the penal code and the vehicle code and just read every single one of these books from beginning to end. Uh, it's like, I would say, for example, there's a lot of people that call themselves Christians but how many do you know that's read the Bible from the front page of the Old Testament to the last page of the New Testament? And, what, you know, over a period of a week or a month or something. I don't know too many people that have done that. Do you? I've done it, but not over the period of a week. Well, I mean, you can read it in the period of a month if you have nothing to do. <laughs> I've probably read it over several times during my life. but uh, Right. Skipping around really doesn't give you the context of how it developed. Well, but, I did ten years of Bible study, so I it's you know. But I'm an unusual person. I don't know anybody that did that. Even the people in the Bible study I was in, you know, kept changing. So yeah, so it's just like you know, it's really hard for people to 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 get it like a, a general consciousness 
of, of how the thing is supposed to work because they never read it. They most people tend to skip around. You know, they go to you know Mark and then they come back to sure. Romans and then they go back to Genesis and mm-hmm. then they skip around like this, right? Right. And it's like there's no context to it. So it's like, how can people feel a context to anything? when they're just trying a little bit of this and a little bit of that over there and trying to mix the things, right? Well, this is this is how it is when uh, our public servants do the same thing to us, right? They just give us a little bit of this and a little bit of that, and they try to mix it all together and say that uh, now you got a cherry ice cream when actually you got a, nothing but a bunch of dirt cream, <laughs> you know, uh, chicken manure and uh, <laughs> and they want you to eat it right <laughs> so you know we got to watch out what these guys are doing because they will sell you something like that and make you think that that's okay uh for example let's go to another subject real quick i know it's kind of jumping around but that's okay how many people think that uh, you're required to file a uh an irs tax form yeah. pay? they all do <laughs> most of the people I know, well, not that, but actually most of the people I know, know they don't have to. But the majority of the people out there think they have to because they've been rain- brainwashed into it. I say this all the time. We grow up in our households watching our parents do it, you know, every April 15th, you know. it's Yeah, and they're pulling nature. their hair out and, you know, they're worried about how they're going to pay it and all the rest, right? Well, it's just the same thing with a a driver license. It's the same thing with registering your car. Um, You know, all these things are for public entities. Well, but you know what else? It's it's to the point now, getting a driver's license uh, is like earning a merit badge. You know, you turn 16 or 15 and a half, and now you can go apply for your license. It's like an award for your age. I don't know. The way it's been spun... You know, everybody, it's like an exciting moment to get your driver's license. Yeah, yeah, and it's just like, you know, mom and pop, well, you can't drive my car until you get a driver's license. Well, that's that's what it was has been since about, I would say, the 70s. But, you know, before that, it's just like, you know, we used to take the steering wheel and stand up in the seat and, you know, with mom, pop driving, right? Sure. <laughs> Drive the car around. <laughs> Are you kidding? My uncle used to take me in an empty parking lot at Sears parking lot, like on a Sunday evening or whatever, and the whole family would go. And if he wasn't giving me driving lessons in the parking lot, we were riding a go-kart around in the parking lot. But, you know, <laughs> it was fun in those days. You got a, got away with stuff you can't do today. Only we didn't think it was get, we were getting away with anything. It was... It was just a place to go because yeah. nobody was there, right? Right, and nobody cared. <laughs> yeah, and especially since it was on private property, right? I didn't even know about private property back then. I was a little kid. I just got thrilled to get behind the wheel or to drive the car. Yeah. Well, did you ever find yourself driving your parents' car when they weren't home? No. <laughs> no. Oh, that never happened. Nope. Oh, no, you mean you weren't a good kid? <laughs> I didn't. I didn't really. Well, I got married when I was sixteen, so I was driving when I got when I was sixteen. So it wasn't like uh, I remember I'm going to steal the car when I was twelve. I don't think so. I wasn't that uh, confident a driver at that point. <laughs> Give me a go kart, yeah, soapboxes down the hill, yeah, but a car, no. I was afraid. 
What about a motorcycle, huh? You tried that one out? Not till I was, let's see, I was 17 when I had a Honda 90. Honda <laughs> 90. <laughs> was it a Honda Trail 90 or a street bike? It was a street bike. <laughs> They're funny. I know. I used to know somebody that had one of those. They took the muffler off it, and you could hear them for 10 miles coming yeah. up the hill. <laughs> and I had a trike. I had a three-wheeler Harley Davidson, my my cousin. <laughs> We built it in the garage, but that's another story for a different time. Yeah. 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 And, and so basically, you know, the whole thing on the IRS taxes, it says specifically in the, in the tax code that the only person that has to file taxes are those that are employed in the public sector. doesn't apply to, you know, private sector employment, you know, like if you work for me or if you work for somebody else, you know, public sector does not include like McDonald's or or anybody like that, because that's still a private corporation, right? And so, you know, there's a lot to it, but, uh, you know, and essentially you're not even really required to pay a, uh, a property tax, but they've made everybody believe it. And then uh, because, you know, number one, they've misclassified your house most likely as residential, which is a subclass of commercial instead of uh, classifying it as private, right? So right. that's where they get you because, you know, you're living in a goddamn hotel so they can tax you. And, you know, you say it's your residence. Well, here it is, uh, you know. You know, for example, the Roberts residence, right? Pe- you know, people answer their phone like that, right? Or the Smith residence, can I help you, you know? <laughs> or whatever it is, right? So right. there's a lot of uh, things that... Uh, you know, and the whole thing is, is the way they get you is being a resident, but, uh, you know, or a U.S. citizen. And uh, I would say that, uh, you know, unless you you got citizenship uh, through the federal government, then those laws don't really apply to you because, number one, you know, if we look at uh, the, the Constitution, it specifically says those naturalized or born, you know, under the United States, well, you're not born in the United States if you're born in California or Nevada or Oregon or Idaho or Washington. Where are you born? You're born in California. Right. So you weren't born in the United States, you know. The United States, you could probably say, you know, would would, would be Washington, D.C., Guam, Puerto Rico, Virgin Islands. So unless you were born in one of those territories then you should never call yourself a U.S. citizen, right? So, Yeah, but, you know, when you get these different documents, sometimes you, if you go apply for a job or whatever, don't you have to check that little box that says you're, I mean, what do you put if you don't check the box? Don't check it at all. Scratch it out and put Californiac <clears throat> or Californiac. That's it. Californiac? Now yeah. you're sounding like, uh, what's his name? Uh Who's the guy that wrote those books up in Seattle? Um, Kerouac? (laughs) No, I I think that's what they used to refer to Californians as Californiac way back when. Californians or like a Nevadan or an Oregonian? Well, that's what they say today, but years ago they said Californiac. Look it up. Texan, (laughs) Oklahoman. An Okie? <laughs> I'm an Okie from Muskogee, and I don't smoke that stuff no more. <laughs> You're crazy. 
So, but you know what? You were having a lot of success, you said, with uh, doing foreclosures or something, right? Last time you were here, you were talking yeah. about. Now, are you doing that with someone else, or are you doing it by yourself, or what? What, what do you mean? I mean, are you doing paperwork for people? Are you pay, Are people paying you to do paperwork to help them with foreclosures, or well, what's happening? I teach them how to do it is what I do. So, oh. you know, I'm nothing more than your master and you're the slave, right? Oh, I so you see. get it. And then if you need some help trying to draft your stuff, you know, uh, you can start it and I'll try to help you edit it. <laughs> I see. But, uh, you know, and uh, you, you can't necessarily say that you're, you're prohibited because of some kind of uh, – uh, law, you know, since you're not an attorney or whatever, that's a bunch of baloney because you got a First Amendment right to write, you know, write and publish your sentiments on any subject. Mm. So basically, that unauthorized practice of law can never apply to you, right? But you have to know who you are. Again. Right, that's it. And you can't be afraid. If you're afraid to stand up to them and uh, stand your ground, then they'll just throw you under the bus. Yeah, and that's what most people have. And, you know, a lot of people don't know how to write properly, and that's the problem. It's just, uh, you know, their English grammar skills are nothing. And, especially... and people are angry, you know, that you have to put that in there, too, because they, they, they're angry for what's happened to them, regardless of what it may be. If it's, right. If it's a government entity doing something to you or sending you a letter or saying you owe money for this, that, or the other – you're going to get angry. and uh, Well, well you got to always remember, where's the contract that I signed saying that I agree with uh, what, what you're proposing? <laughs> yeah, but people don't know that. I mean, the majority of the people don't know that. Our group, of course, we know that because we've been doing this for a while. But a lot of people don't know that everything's based on tr- contract and agreement and consent and all like that. Right. Well, that's so true. And it's like, you know... Uh, but you know what it is? It's like I had to stop taking, uh, you know, blaming others when things were happening to me. And I realized that, hey, look, I got to take ultimate responsibility for this. It doesn't matter if I wasn't taught in school, right? I got to learn it myself, you know. And, uh, you know, you, you can never really blame anybody else for your own deficiencies, you know, whether you went to college and you got a master's in English or a Ph.D. in it and you still don't know how to write, well, you got a big problem here, so you need to get some remedial help with it, you know. And, uh, you know, that's essentially what we're here to do is to fulfill our uh, Brother's Keeper's doctrine, right? Yep, that's about right. You know, it's like, look, if you don't know, that's why we call people. That's why we talk to people. You know, we're always consulting with people about different things. Well, how do you fix your car? Well, you know, I ain't got this squeak over there on that down right side of the front. What the heck could that be, you know? Well... You know, you, uh, is your car stopping okay? What is your wheel gonna fall off? Your bearings shot? What's up? You know, I mean, <laughs> you know, and you know, then there, there's other things too. But you know, this is basically, you know, we're in a a very large community here, and most people feel very isolated, and uh, you know, it's too bad about that. But that's just the nature of it these days, right? Because we've allowed you know, neighborhoods to become mixed instead of being all Italian. Remember when Arcadia was all Italian? Yeah, and Long Beach, too. Right. Long Beach had a lot of, well, here, Venice. Uh-huh. <laughs> My grandparents moved here from Chicago. They're from Sicily. 
and moved wanted to move in Venice to Venice because they thought it would be like a, Italian Venice. Well, there was a canal there, but they oh, kind they of look still... kind of funky down there. Oh <laughs> yeah, well, no, well now they're beautiful, but they were nice back then too, and we lived <clears throat> they lived close, but not quite in Venice. Uh huh. Yeah, but you know, I mean, you could you could remember when, you know, there there was only like one black in the school or one Chinese guy or whatever, you know, and it's just like, you know, there's a big cohesion there, you know. And, uh, you know, that's that's just how the world is going, is that they're trying to mix everybody and get everybody to fight because, you know, Italians are going to be fighting with the the, uh, the Irish, right? Because <laughs> mm-hmm. the Irish just don't do that kind of damn thing, you know. <laughs> and, you know... <laughs> Or whatever, right? Whatever. Well, I think they're trying to get us all integrated because they want to be the only ones with the pure bloodlines. That could be. That simple. Yeah. (laughs) You know, all of our blood's mixed up. They'll be. It'll be easy to for them to put out a virus that'll attack everybody except them. Have you seen that video? There's a video online from the Pentagon with this guy giving a a product uh, a, a presentation on a. Uh, infecting people that uh, are uh, Islam, because uh-huh. they've got they've got the genome down to where they can create a virus to attack only them. Well, can you figure out why they'd want to be taking DNA from everybody? So That's they can it. Get, you know, That's exactly right. So, so they can abuse you like it, right? That was the whole genome project was what that was for, uh-huh. and everybody's tax dollars paid for it. <laughs> right, well, and, and you know what? None of us ever voted on that, right? Well, no, no, or not. So not it's like, all. you know, and it's like the next time they say, well, you know, this is what the law says, you know, and, and that bill passed three years ago. Well, how come that was never brought before the people? I mean, if there are representatives, these people have to ask us if it's okay to do that. Right. And 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 I'm sure that at least ninety percent of us would tell them, hell no, you know. Yeah, well, I think they put it forth or put it out there uh, under the guise of, you know, research for better health and better yeah, living well, where, type well, of thing. Well, you know? well where, did people, where did people go and vote on that to do that? You know, they didn't, you know. So basically, when they say, well, you know, you violated this, well, you know, and this law applies to you because, you know. And where's Congress, all the technology and where's all the uh the profits that are going to come from that. Does that go back to the people? No, it goes to whoever's, you know, in charge of it or running it. Right. Same people that run the banks, same people that run the planet, same five families, whatever they are. But anyway, I digress. Well, you know, there's, there's certain things that you got to be talking about and you know, uh, you know, people need to realize that what you see on CNN isn't necessarily the truth. Right. You know, and uh, you have to discover it for yourself. You have uh, to figure out what is truth and what is lies, because they mix it all up, and you know, to make it look good. And <laughs> they're all reading a script. That's what I tell everybody that comes into my house when I'm in my son's section and they watch TV and the news is on. I go, they're reading a script. And you can well, you go can from t- all the different channels and say the same script. Same thing, yeah, exactly. You know, it's just like uh, they don't tell you, well, how come the guy, uh, how, how come there was a car chase over here, right? Well, they, they they don't have an interview with the guy saying, well, this guy was trying to unlawfully arrest me, so I told him the guy to, you know, screw off and stepped on it, <laughs> you know. <laughs> 
you know, and there was a car chase, right? Even though the guy didn't have a warrant to pull you over, it was an illegal chase, and it was an illegal seizure and an illegal false imprisonment and false arrest and the whole thing. They don't ever get down to that. And it's like, you know, I'm thinking, why is it that these people just can't be honest about these things, you know? Well, because cops are dishonest and so are judges, you know? So it's like, remember, uh, you know, SBX 211? where all the judges in L.A. County and the, uh, what is it called, the, the Los Angeles County Courthouse Corporation were receiving, you oh, know, money back. for... Yeah, 40000 a year they get from L.A. County. Right, L.A. County, uh, yeah, exactly. And, you know, uh, even though they do, they, they do, you know, court hearings with L.A. County as a party, which is a conflict of interest to be taking money, it's a bribe. What it is. Right. Well, well, see, the thing is, is even though they passed that SBX, you know, 211. I don't know well, what that is. What is that? Well, that's where they said that it's retroactive immunity for people that did that. Well, no, they can't grant immunity to people because the Constitution says you shall not receive any emoluments or, or, right. or, or anything else. So basically, each one of those judges that took that should be, uh, you know. Strung uh, up. Put put up on the gallows like they used to be, right? Yeah. Stirring them up, honey. <laughs> <laughs> I'll watch. I'll be well, there. Well, we got we we got about thirty people that uh, you know is willing to indict them now. So you know, yeah. you know, for all that baloney. So you guys better get off your bench there and run away and hide. You know, because the problem though, the real problem with it is, where are the regular people, regular men and women, supposed to go? to get justice. Well, you got to form your own grand jury. Well, like but that's not going to fly. The police aren't going to honor that or enforce anything that comes out of that. Well, I mean... Uh, I mean there are know. people doing that now, forming their grand juries. But how does it... How does it, it... You Can can you file stuff at the county recorders through your, you know, grand jury? Well, your grand jury should be able to file anything in the court and have it go. Well, you should, but does that happen in reality? No, I don't think it does. Well, this is the problem now, and that's why we need to go, and, uh, you know, everybody needs to probably sue every damn judge that they know of. Yeah, but if you're going to sue them, you're going to sue them in their courts? Well, yeah, yeah. And expect to get justice? Yeah, yeah. well, look, here's another form of justice. (laughs) What you do is you sue them in there in their personal capacity. Yeah. Whether you're in the state or, and they got to personally pay that, right? And uh, you know that's where you really nail Only these. Only if you win. Only if well, you no. win. Oh, or no, you get no. a judgment. No, no, no. The the thing is, is for them, they're they're never gonna fight their case for themselves. They're gonna hire somebody, so they're gonna have to pay somebody twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars to fight it, right? So if you can keep them in the court for a couple of years, you're penalizing them that way, right? And if now, here's the problem here that they will have. If two or three people sue that same guy on the same things, that guy won't be able to be bonded. So I, I suggest that's another way to go. <laughs> and you sue on, for their bond, you know. <clears throat> and then what you do is you do discovery for their bond information. Do you know anybody that's done that yet successfully? Uh, I heard some people, yeah. But, you know, it's just. You, you got to promote the idea. Yeah, first. but you you right. can't find any paperwork on it. You heard people maybe that said that, but I've never known one to do it well, successfully. Anyway, you know. 
Well, we shouldn't talk about the negative. We should talk about how to do, you know. And uh, Well, true. Let's do that. Let's find a way to be <laughs> successful. How do we do that? Well, you just take a step, you know. I mean, there's all kinds of places to go. I mean, you can go to the International Court of Justice. You can go to the Federal Court of Claims, especially when, when you're dealing with one of these judges, like land patent cases, you know. There's been a lot of land patent cases that have been filed in the federal court, and that's very interesting there. And uh, people have won. And, uh, you know, so, you know, you just have got... Have won what? A land patent? Land patent issues, yeah. Because basically, if you get a land patent without reservations, you're pretty much a, a sovereign of your own land there. And uh, whether you're in California or Utah or... Oklahoma or, you know, down in Georgia, whatever it is, you know. Um, there's a lot about that. Uh problem is, is that people just want to generally a show. They don't want to have to study for themselves about it, right? So I would suggest that people get busy and uh, study the subject matter that they want to cover and be responsible about it themselves and uh, see what they can do, you know, because... Uh, Number one, you're never going to get anywhere if you don't want to learn. And, uh, you know, that's a big thing that I've seen with a lot of people is that they want somebody else to do it for them, right? Right. Well. And they're too afraid. <laughs> to tell themselves. There's a lot of people that if they get into an issue and they, they haven't been, they don't, and they're just getting into it and just now realizing how duped they've been, it takes a while to learn this stuff. It's not something you can do overnight you know it, it takes a while well i would say if you can follow instructions you're doing very well but most people can't you know and mm-hmm. most people get into their feelings well that guy stole my goddamn house you know and they rather talk about that instead of the law that says they can't go in and, and sell my house non-judicially right you know instead they're talking about how he uh you know he sold my house non-judicially but they don't know where to go from there right right and then, you know, it's just like I've seen it time and time again. People have a sheet right in front of them to go to court with, and they never even get on the page there, right? They just talk about their feelings and how it's all wrong and everything else, and they don't give any kind of uh, proof of, uh, you know, what the law actually says about it. So they're lost, you know, and it's like it, it doesn't matter that they stole your house. It matters that they broke the law and how you can show them that they did, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> And, you know, most people have a, a very short memory span, you know, and, and a attention, uh, you know, they're, they're mostly are attention deficit. <laughs> That's true. You know, and so, so basically, why does everybody want to complain if they don't want to study for themselves? That just really baffles me. You know, it's just like. Well, I don't know, think everybody. I bet just a few. <clears throat> quite a few, quite a few, you know, because it's just like. I mean, like, most of the people that are here on our call are learning and studying and wanting to know more. And so I have faith in the population. <clears throat> well, that's good. That's good. But, you know, I used to give classes downtown L.A. And every, Hollywood. Every week. And, uh, you know, to ask people what. Uh, what uh, the, the section of law was that we studied the week before, and they couldn't even tell me, you know, without looking in their book, or or they wouldn't even remember even if they did write it in their book, right? So it's just like, 
well, what good is it if you can't remember stuff, you know? I mean, are you so busy with your job that you don't have any extra time to do something? I mean, I call you pretty damn lazy or just you don't really give a damn, you know, and uh, you just want to fight because you can, you know, right. even though it's not going to get you anywhere. Hey, I, I prefer to have a, a very good fight, you know, you know, and what I call a good fight is, you know, we'll dance around a little bit, but I'm going to hit you with one punch and you're going to go to the hospital and nothing's going to happen to me. That's the kind of fight I like, you know. <laughs> Quick and to the point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, why why jab around, you know? Why, you just <laughs> do the job, you know? I mean, you know, and, and a lot of, and see, cops are trained to go and fight with you, right? Are they? So, they, yeah, they do. They know how to trick you. They know how to get you to get out of your car and leave your door open. They get you to get to, to have you hand over your license voluntarily when they don't have a warrant. See, right? Yeah. And uh, what what are you gonna do? Are you gonna just give them your license, or are you gonna say, "Well, where's your damn warrant?" You know. You know what, Rich? Did you hear Rich Iverson? He says, uh, "Am I required to answer your questions, or uh, am I am I am I required to help you make your case?" <laughs> Well, we don't care about that, really, because basically, you know, if they don't got a warrant, they, you know, it's just like, well, what's your name? Well, you got a warrant to search for my name? Yeah. You know, well, I don't need one. Well, like hell, you don't. <laughs> you know? You don't? I mean, so so if a cop pulls me over, I don't have to give him my name. I'm going to say, <clears throat> am I required to answer your questions? He's no. going to punch me out is what he's going to no, do. No, you know, you got, you, 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 your, your answer is always, well, do you have a warrant for that? You know, <laughs> do you have a warrant for that? You know, well, I want your driver license. Well, you got a, a warrant to search and seize that, that driver license if I have one. Well, no, I don't need one. Well, yes, you do. According to the Fourth Amendment, you do. You know, and uh, you can't give yourself probable cause. You got to go and show probable cause to the magistrate and have him issue a warrant, you know. And I at mean, that point, they're going to say, step out of the car, ma'am, and we're going to have your car towed away unless you can provide me with uh, your license. Fine, fine. You, oh, you, you God, break the window. You, you break the window, and I'm going to take you to federal court, and we're going to dance around there and see how you like that. And you they know don't I mean? care, though. They're going to they, do it anyway because they're immune-like, you know. They don't no, they're care. not. No, well, they're they not. think they are. No, they're not. <clears throat> they act like they are. I sued a lot of cops. They're not immune, and they hated me. How many me cops have you sued? Oh, about ten. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. And where's the paperwork for that? Can I see it? Go and look in the uh, Central District Court of California. <laughs> what am I going to see? I don't know. You'll see a court case up there, too. What would you sue them for? Unlawful arrest, false imprisonment, all kind of crazy shit. Really? <laughs> yeah. And one? Well, I, I didn't care if I won. You know, I just got them in there and tried to keep them there for as long as I could to penalize them, right? Okay. <clears throat> but, you know, since then, it's like I did that for a period of about 10 years. I put lean. So you didn't win uh, or you did win or what? Well, I, I have won. I'm playing devil's advocate here, Kevin. Well, I have won because now I don't have cops that want to play with me at all. You so know? winning is having them leave you alone ultimately. Ultimately, yeah. Whether you win or lose in court is another thing. But if you can show that you know you sue cops when they when they arrest you without a warrant, that's the main thing, right? And you do it every single time, you know. And it's like I've had cops say, "Well, you know," I tell them, "Well, look, I'm going to sue you." Well, you know, a lot of people tell us that. Let's see what you got, man. You know. So okay, I'll show you what I got. Okay, and so now what do you have to do to sue the cop? You have to go pay the court. No. 
Well, you how, don't have... how do you sue them without having to, ex- you know, put out expenses? Uh, you can file a papyrus, you know. Oh, oh then you got to. Well, don't matter. I mean, you're not making any money anyway, even if you do work downtown for Sears or something, you know. You there? Yeah, I'm here. I'm talking and my stupid thing goes muted. How did you do it? How did you sue them? Did you file the form of papyrus thing? or? Yeah, yeah, because number one, it, it, even if you do work and you receive a Federal Reserve note, that's not money. I know. You know, so okay. basically you don't make any money even if you supposedly made $10,000 of ferns, you know, that month, yeah. you know, because so, it's not money of account. It, you know, it's unconstitutional. Mm-hmm. And so, therefore, you don't make anything, you know. Okay, so, so you fill out the form of papyrus thing, and then what? Then they give it to you, mm-hmm. you know, and you see these people in their individual capacities, not their official capacities. So how do you, what do you put on there? It's uh, you're suing so-and-so, Bob, uh, you know, Williams, in his personal capacity. I mean, you put that on the paper? Or right, How right. do you do it? Tell me, tell me how you put it on the paper. It's well, you versus... Well, you versus whoever it is, right? And you never say that, you know, he, he was a man acting as a sheriff at the time, right? Okay. Right. But you I don't mean, put that down? No. You, well, well, you put, like, uh, Angela Stark versus Bob Burns, you know, okay. in his individual capacity, right? Okay. And, uh, you know, and that, uh, you know, on... on uh, how about Bob Burns, man, the man? No, 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 don't need no. to. No, Bob Burns acting, you know, in the capacity of a sheriff, right? Mm-hmm. And then you go, you know, first first cause of action. Bob Burns on the night of February twenty second, two thousand ten, you know, without without benefit of a warrant, seized my movement. Uh, of me and my automobile on the highway on uh, on California Highway 101, uh, about two miles north of uh, of Sunset Boulevard. Right? <laughs> I asked Bob Burns. Uh, Bob Burns came up to my window and asked me if I, you know, for my insurance and registration and driver license. I asked him if he had a warrant. He said no. And uh, he said to get out of the car. I said, well, you know, show me, you know, your court order for, for that, and I will. He said, well, if you don't step out of your car, I'm going to break the window. So what you do is, you know, first cause of action, unlawful seizure, search and seizure, seizure of my movement of my automobile on the highway, number two, you know, breaking and entering, and then you should cite the penal code there, number three, uh, uh Unlawful arrest, false imprisonment, and you cite those penal code sections, right? Yeah. And that's how you do it. And then what you do is you uh, you sign it either under penalty or perjury or you get a jurated, you know? That's what you do. And so then what happens? You file it, and then what? You get the the, the uh, summit. You get you send a subpoena to the cop, or? Yeah, you have somebody deliver it there. Yeah. You know, with a complaint. Okay. And, uh, Usually you you take it down to the station where they're working at and oh. uh, give it to their watch commander and start the whole dang thing going, right? Ah, okay. And then what happens? Well, then you got to file your proof of service, and then they got, depending on where you assume, if you assume in the federal court, they got 21 days to answer it. <clears throat> where and, would you sue them, in the federal court or in the state court? 
well, whatever you like. I mean, well, I wait a minute. What's the best way to go on this? What would you do? Well, I tried it both ways, you know, and uh, federal court's interesting because I find that uh, attorneys like to charge more for federal court than they do in state court. <laughs> is <laughs> so that right? Seems like it. Why is that, I wonder? And and, and here's the interesting <clears throat> thing, is every attorney, like, if, like, let, let's say you got, uh, somebody wants a million dollars for you, right? They're going to try to get 5% out of that case off of you for a down payment for that case, right? 5% of a million. What's that? $50,000? So basically right there, the damn cop has got to come up with $50,000 or hawk his house, you know, to go and deal with you, right? Yeah. Or the guy gets put on a a payment plan where he's got to pay the guy five or $10,000 a month and pretty soon he's having to work three jobs and his wife has got to go to work and his wife finds out that he's a damn creep because he's violating the law and abusing everybody and get divorced. And so what you want to do is you want to sue people like Mr. and Mrs. Bob Burns, right? And you talk about how, you know... That Charlie Sprinkle did it. Mr. Burns. Mr. and Mrs. Reagan. (laughs) Right, right. And and what you do is you sue her for... uh, for uh, money laundering because he's bringing the proceeds of illegal activity and she's laundering it, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, that way you bring them both into the suit and you're going to get them to hate each other because, you know, instead of being the white knight out there, you know, catching lawbreakers, you just show that the guy's a total, you know, <laughs> abuser of the law and yeah. a criminal, right? <laughs> and she doesn't want to be any part in that in that lawsuit, right? But she's stuck to it, right? And so that's how you really penalize a cop. Yeah, if you find out who their wife is, right? No, you just put Mr. and Mrs. Bob Burns or what, do, that, what do they call it? Uh, uh, what do they call it when, uh, you know, like two guys, domestic partner oh, yeah. <laughs> and or domestic partner. <laughs> oh. hmm. Right, I mean, look, you got to get, Got to get creative with what. Okay, you're doing. so you gotten creative and you filed a lawsuit against the cop and um, you subpoenaed him to court. Now what happens? Well, they got to make an answer, and this is what we're talking about. And usually that's it that's... ends at that point, right? No, it doesn't end. They got to put in an answer. Okay, so that means or, they've or... got the the lawyer at the police force there, their regular no no legal no. department is no. going to come through, no. right? No. no. No, and they're personal. They got to go and hire some joker from Beverly Hills or something, you know, or for some schmuck from uh, Downey, you know. <laughs> okay, but if you if you're suing them for what they did while they were acting in their capacity as a cop, well, well, they're not acting in their capacity as a cop if they don't got a goddamn warrant. I see. I see now. Right, because they're required to have it. They can't make an arrest unless they say, see you breaking the law and driving down the street without a license plate or an expired tab is not necessarily a criminal act. Uh-huh. Because 260A says that a commercial motor vehicle is a motor vehicle that transports persons or property for any fair fee rate or other compensation. And then it goes on to B, says that passenger vehicles that that uh, transport persons or property and receive no fair fee rate or other compensation are not commercial vehicles. That Therefore, they're not required to be registered. So therefore, even if your tab is expired or you don't got a license plate or registration, that's acting outside of his uh, duties there, right? Because the vehicle code is strictly for commercial vehicles. Right. 
but people don't know that. Well, that's why you got to read. You know? No, I don't. Even though some people, though, even if they read it for themselves, won't do it because they're afraid. Well, you know, I was in denial when somebody first showed me the Motor Vehicle Act of 1913, which is a California statute, and it, and it said the same thing that 260 A and B and C says. 260 you know, A, B, and C? Right. Of and, the Yoko Code? Uh-huh. Yeah, it, you know, the, the Motor Vehicle Act has been since reenacted all the way up until 59, and then they've just added similar other statutes to it, you know, in the code book, and they got a code commissioner. Yeah, I have one here, big, thick blue book. Well, they, they made them in green covers and blue ones. Well, and, I got the 2012 one. Uh-huh. Well, it's kind of big, you know, and it's yeah, like... Yeah, it's gigantic. It's, it, it's, it's kind of... <laughs> It's like kind a phone of a, book. <laughs> well, here it is. Is they made 260B split among two pages, right? 260A, Vehicle Code Section 260. So you can't get it all on one page, and they did that on purpose, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. They could have kept it in the six, you know, in in the uh, four by eight sheets that they used to have, and it was handier, and it wasn't such a big, you know, uh, thing. But uh, you know, it, you know, and it's just like this. You know, they say you can't keep a gun in a motor vehicle. Well, that's a commercial vehicle. Well, it's not saying anything about when a vehicle is not being used commercially. When it's not being used commercially, it's not a motor vehicle. So you can keep keep a gun in there, but you got to know how to argue that, right? Yeah. And they call it a firearm, and a firearm is something other than it, it's a sawed-off thing with a barrel less than such and such, you know, and you know, rifles and shotguns sure. with barrel lengths less than, and it's like, it means modified, you know, arms, mm. you know. So if you got a shotgun under eight with a barrel less than 18 inches, that's called a firearm. If you've got a rifle and you cut the barrel down to less than 18 inches, that's now called a firearm. But if you got a 30 out six in your trunk and you got an AR-15 with a 30 clip magazine in there, that's not a firearm, you know. Because they haven't been altered. I got you. Right. You know, so it's like, remember the Steve McQueen uh, Western where he had that little shot-off shotgun? Yeah. And he used to draw it. and You know, well, that's a firearm. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Okay. But see, here's the other problem with California laws are that the Second Amendment doesn't say except, you know, a a shot-off shotgun with a barrel less than 18 or a pistol with a, a barrel less than that's been modified or a rifle, right? And, it, mm-hmm. and there's no except. It doesn't say except you know you can keep and bear you, you know keep on you and you can bear down and use it on somebody, you know, uh, or or you can keep it except you know you you know you know there's no exception to keeping concealed or anything else. But you got to know these things, right? Mm-hmm. And most people don't care to look at them, or they you know they they want to try their hand without doing it and say, well, I got it right, but you can't identify that right. So you really got to be smart about how you play these games here. Yeah, it's got to come rolling off your tongue like you know it. Just like butter, (laughs) right? (laughs) Because if you don't, they will get you. How about like a (laughs) Coca-Cola? Well, anyway. How about property taxes? Well, let's talk about another thing. What? Like a cop stops you, right? Oh, okay. Been drinking? Okay. Well, I don't drink, so... Well, I, you know what? A cop never stopped me. Knock on wood. 
Well, well, here it is. It's like, you know, I've had several cops ask me if I've been drinking, right? And I always said, sure, you know, and they get a big smile on their face. <laughs> get really big, right? Well, they think well, you just admitted to something, right? Right, right. You know, it's like, well, what have you been drinking? Well, I I, I, I bring up like, well, here's a, a root beer, couple of root beer bottles. Here's a quart of milk. Here's a, here's a. Here's a pint of hugging dust, and here's a Perrier bottle over here. <laughs> oh, get the hell out of here, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Look, funny. you might as well, you know, you know, tell them the truth, you know. <laughs> but if they ask you for a breathalyzer, tell them no, right? You know, okay. and a field sobriety? No, I'm not doing that because you don't have a warrant to go and search me that way, you know. Yeah, there's that guy who's on TV advertising, you know, when the cop wants to take your breathalyzer to say, uh, my lawyer told me not to do that and just call this cop's number or whatever. Call Russ Brown, 800. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought you had to do that. I thought you had to have a breathalyzer or whatever. Well, it's called implied consent. If you're if you're commercially operating a vehicle, then 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 you you you're, right. you're most likely to do that, right? Right, right. But if they suspend your license and you weren't you know uh, driving commercially, then that's that's unlawful there, right? Right. Because the damn cop lied and he just is trying to get you on any damn thing he can because he's a sore fucking loser. Yeah, but we don't want a bunch of drunk people driving around anyway because our kids are out there and people... Well, I know, I know, but it's a matter of knowing the law, you know? Yeah. I mean, I've had a few too many sometimes that I could always drive straight, you know? Doesn't mean I was driving around like crazy, but, you know, it's just, you know... <laughs> well, why would they even pull you over, though? I mean, well, I, I turned around in the middle of a, of a highway one time, about two o'clock in the morning. I drove 1,900 miles, and uh, the, the closest car was about a half a mile away when I did it, right? And I had to do like a three-point turn. Cause, okay, you know, so it was safe. Yeah, yeah, it was perfectly safe, you know. And it took him a couple minutes to catch up to me after I'd made the turn. And that and that was where the cop asked me if I'd been drinking. You know, I was like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I had a Starbucks a few minutes ago. Uh, well, I drove 19 hours and I'm tired. And have you had anything to drink? Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? What was it? <laughs> you know, of course, you could always tell me. You know that. You know, you're not going to talk about that, but you know, because that's your right too, right? But. Uh, because anything that you say will, can and will be used against you, right? So, yeah. hey, look, yeah, I've been drinking. I I once had another cop pull me over. I had a six-pack in the cooler in the front seat. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, what happened was, was, I, was I was coming from uh, Colorado over the great, uh, over the uh, the Rockies right there, and a biker was broken down. And I, I towed him over to, uh, well, I actually put him in the back of my pickup. Because his sprocket was getting loose and he didn't want to ru risk ruining his sh primary shaft. So I gave him a ride over the hill down to uh, Grand, uh, what do you call it, uh, Grand Junction. Got yeah. his bike fixed and he said, well, you know, since you drove me all the way over the mountain and all this other stuff, how would you like me to, how would you like to drive my Harley all the way to Green uh, Green River, you know? And it's wow. great when you go down there and see, you know, see the sunset at night. So I did and. He stopped off at the 7-Eleven or the Circle K or whatever they had there. <clears throat> he bought himself a bunch of Takatis, and we, we drove down the Green River, and he drank all the way down, and about three or four of them in about a period of four hours or five hours driving from there. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
you know, I got my pickup back and I crushed the cans and left them in the cooler and there was another three or something over there, right? In there in ice. <laughs> Cop looked in there and he was really disappointed, man, you know? <laughs> but I thought that was hilarious, you know? But, uh, ah, screw him, you know? Yeah. So what else is going on? What have you, you were talking, you don't want to talk about foreclosures or anything like that? Well, it's always fun to get somebody that's got a real problem rather than hypothesize. That's true. Anybody on the call tonight need uh, help with them? Uh, stick your hand up, star eight. Of course, it's going to cost them $10,000. <laughs> and I live at uh, uh, 311 South Spring Street, Los Angeles. Come on down and see me. <laughs> you know, I called a number that was on your Skype here, an additional number, and it was the wrong number. Don't 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 go down to 311 South Spring Street. I was just joking, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> Except for the money part. <laughs> that's, that's the court route, the courthouse, and Hill Street. Hill Street, Spring well, Street. Well, no, that's uh, you know uh, over at uh, the, the Superior Court. Yeah. It's, uh, what is that one? 111 Spring Street. 111 South uh, South Hill Street, right? Oh, is it Hill Street? You know, I haven't been there in a long time. I know the criminal court's across the street from the divorce court. Well, that's down that's down the street there where O.J. was tried down there, right? Hill, well, on Hill Street is where the uh, divorce court is. The oh, other one is on, yeah, I think it's Spring Street or uh-huh. Hope, yeah. or I forget. Well, it's just straight down the street from First Street there, you know, when you get down there. Well, it's all screwed up now since they put the subway in. I I don't go down there. I just can't deal with it. Yeah, well, you know, it's, it's crazy down there. But, yep. yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah, there's a lot. I mean, uh, you know, first thing that you got to do is, you, you know, if you're going to do uh, – uh, foreclosure defense is you got to get good experts and uh, you know some of them are rather expensive but uh, if you can get a good one that knows the ins and outs of things is this like uh, Countrywide was not bought by Bank of America that's a big fat lie you know and oh. they did not go over to uh, to uh, Bank of New York Mellon that's another fictitious uh, thing that people have been talking about you know well I haven't heard much about that, but well, uh, you wouldn't know because you, you're not an expert, you know. Nope, I'm not but, an expert. <laughs> I deal with plenty of them, and they're good. And uh, you know, we 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 we're getting uh, judges in the bankruptcy court to declare that there are no uh, there's no lien holders, and there are no uh, lenders. <laughs> really? Yeah. Where could I see that? <laughs> Oh, I can show you something. I'd like to see that on paper. Yeah. 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 Great, you know. Uh, out of the bankruptcy court. You know, uh, somebody just asked me about the bankruptcy court. Let me see. Let me pull up my email because somebody just... Uh, Hang on just a second here. All right, go ahead. <clears throat> oh, yeah, it was... Uh, Sean. Hmm. This gentleman was listening to a lot of our Ken W or to our Ken W broadcasts. And I'm also in the process of organizing and potentially filing bankruptcy. 
I sent Ken an email, no response yet, and I wanted to get in touch with you just to say thank you and ask specifically if any of your shows deal with bankruptcy. Isn't that interesting that I would get that today? (laughs) And you're talking about bankruptcy? Bankruptcy court is the court of equity. Thank you, Donaldson. Childproofing is the single greatest cause for arrested human development. Okay. I'm just reading the chat here a little bit. Government is worried about the bigger threats like EMPs, asteroids, comets. I doubt it. I don't think they're worried about that at all. Kevin, come back. Where'd you go? Good grief. (laughs) My goodness. Where'd you go? Hey, I, 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 are you there? Get me a cup of joe. Oh, is that what you were doing? Oh, okay. (laughs) You slurp. I just thought uh, I'd do that just for effect. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, so anyway, uh, what did I miss? I was talking about this. I just got an email from a, a gentleman that's uh, talking about filing a bankruptcy. I wanted to talk to, uh, uh, have you heard of Ken W.? He was on our call several times. Ken W.? Ken yeah, w. Ken W. Anyway, um he was asking me if I knew anyone that knew about filing bankruptcies, and I said I didn't know. And here you are talking about it. Do you know how to file a bankruptcy? Yeah. Oh, well, I'll send him your name and number then, because he wanted to know. Yeah, well, they're kind of tricky. They're tricky. you got to watch out, because, you know, the bankruptcy court's like the last place you want to be unless you are like got a uh, foreclosure sale date tomorrow, you know. <laughs> Oh, well, I don't know what this is about. Um, It doesn't say, it just says I'm organizing and potentially filing bankruptcy in the process of. uh, But, um, and he asked me if there's any, uh, asked specifically if any of your shows dealt with bankruptcy. So, uh, Well, you want to stay out of there if you can. It's better to hire your experts and let them determine and work with these people that are servicers. Oh. If you can, you know, if it's not the last minute, you know. But uh, a lot of people I know have had to file these bankruptcies just to keep their house from getting sold in California <clears throat> because that's essentially the only way you can stop it over here unless you get, you know, somebody that's a, an expert uh, that can deal with, you know, like a, a HUD certified home counselor or something. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's one of the kind of witnesses you need. And, uh, you know, usually they can uh, turn things around for you, and if they can't, then you got to go to the bankruptcy. But in California, California is a strictly a judicial state, even though that you may have heard that it's a non-judicial state. Well, the California laws require that you file a suit it to collect on a debt that's in default on a on a uh, mortgage. Yeah. Right, and California law also says that deeds of trust. Are, are not security instruments. So basically, they've really screwed themselves on this one, right? <laughs> and 
and they say that they can't sell your house until you get a court order too. So there's there's a lot of laws over here that work for us, but nobody knows how to deal with them properly. Uh, I thought we were a non-judicial state and that they could file bankruptcy, I mean not bankruptcy, foreclosures on you willy-nilly. Well, they, they, they never file a foreclosure. All they do is just go straight to sale when they're not supposed to. Oh, I see. I don't know. California is, is a judicial state, but the judges, they misapply the law, and then they say, well, you know, it's like I, I, I talked to an attorney the other day, and, uh, you know, I talked to him about the law, and he says, well, you know, it, you know, you, you got to get this, you know, except if you do all the following. I said, well, where does it say, you know, that you can do all the following to avoid having to file a foreclosure suit? You show me that. They said, well, well, it's been this way for 100 years, and you can't change it. I said, well, you as an attorney are required to go and follow what the law says, not just go along with some bullshit that everybody's been telling you for a long time. You know, yeah. doesn't make it right that, uh, you know, that, uh, you know, you know, you, you, you raped, uh, you know, a 17-year-old 42 times, and then finally you got caught when after she was 18, right? Doesn't mean that's right, you know, just because you got away with it. You know, just like these guys over here. You know, you, you're not... Uh, you know, it's, you know, stealing is still stealing, you know, whether it's your car, a knife, something from 7-Eleven, uh, you know, a boat, you know, but how come people think that uh, when these people come in without any capacity or authority and take your house that uh, that's okay somehow, hmm. right? right? I mean, you know, it seems like house stealing, well, well what is it? I mean, you report your house has been stolen. Well, what do they do? They can't find your house? I mean, what's up with that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Is that the reason why they can't arrest anybody? No, because judges let them go ahead and do it. So, you know, we got a lot of problems and we need to straighten these things out. But, you know, I ask this, every single attorney I talk to, I ask him, well, where's the exception to uh, what the law says here? He says, well, it's all in that section over there. Says, well, I can't find any. You show me where it is directly. You know what? What section? Well, it's in there. You know. Well, well the courts have been uh, doing it this way, and you know we got tons of uh, California appellate cases saying that it's okay. I said, well, people have not been addressing this issue here. You know, they haven't been coming up with these defenses over here. And uh, you know, interesting thing that's always good to do is to tender a payment for the full amount that's due. And when they don't accept it, you know, but you got to remember to give them a time and a place where to come and uh, accept a tender of payment, like, you know, at your notary's office or something. But you don't tell them it's a notary. You just tell them to go to 311, uh, you know, Main Street and be there at 11 o'clock on Saturday, uh, you know, July 1st or whatever it is. And uh, come on down. And uh, when you don't have them come, you just have your notary write that they, uh, didn't show up. Didn't show up, and they refused, you know, to uh, your offer, right? So by operational law, you know, uh, it's been discharged. So therefore, you know, they're violating the law when you do that. So that's one of the first places you want to go is offer a tender of payment mm. for the full amount that they claim is due. And then when they don't accept it, that's another defense, right? Right. But... <clears throat> 
there's certain ways to set all that stuff up where you don't stab your foot. You can't leave an open-ended offer. You got to tell them you got to come down in 10 days and right. this is the place and this is where, and this is who you got to see. And, uh, you know, you'll get paid, right? Yeah. But you don't want to do that unless you have the actual money in escrow or a check or whatever. Well, whole thing is, is that, well, we're not talking about that because they never show up. I guarantee you that they will never show up. Yeah, you guarantee that? Yeah, I guarantee you. Because I saw a case online, actually. Uh, it was a Ninth Circuit, Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals case. The guy was fighting his bankruptcy. I mean, his foreclosure. And he had the money in escrow because the judges wanted to make sure he had the money in escrow. But they never got the money because they didn't... I don't remember exactly what happened, but they didn't have the note or something. It was one of those deals. Well, Do you remember they, that case? It was on the, 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 Here's the whole thing. When you tender a payment... Yeah. You know, and they accept it. They're supposed to give you the note so that they can't keep that over your head. In the That's future. right. They're supposed to mark it paid in full and give it to you. And right. They never do. Right. And so. and and that's a requirement for a payoff, right? So if they don't come over, like, like I mean, you know, you you can offer these payments, but you know, the stipulation is is that you have to bring the original note. You know. Yeah. And if they don't, well, then basically they're not the holder in due course and you don't owe them anything. And therefore, you still get a discharge, right? Right. Because they didn't tender up. And, and the, the whole thing with giving promissory notes was to return it to the original guy that promised it so that he can receive payment for it, right? Not just to sell it off somewhere else, allegedly. But see, the thing is, is they say, well, they sold the note. Well, you don't sell the note. Somebody comes and they pay it off. So what they're doing is they're switching the word payoff for sale, right? Oh. So how many times has it been paid off now, you know? <laughs> yeah. Huh. That's well, interesting. Well, I, I, I guarantee you that the first payoff was from uh, from Fannie Mae, who guaranteed the loan in the first place when you defaulted, right? Right. Uh-huh. So the, and the insurance company. Well, no, that is the insurance company. That's oh. the mortgage default insurance right there that Fannie Mae gives them, right? Because they're guaranteeing a loan to... To countrywide. Okay, but there's another insurance company also that gets that pays off that the mortgage people uh, <clears throat> had. Uh huh. Because the place I had in Vegas, the uh, guy showed up at my door, even gave me his card, wanted to make sure that uh, I wasn't in the place because he was from the insurance. And well, he was why did pay off? Pay? I guess they were going to pay off, pay off. Um, who was it? it? Wasn't Wells Fargo? It was some. Um, well, you don't have Chase to or one of those. you don't have to be moved out from the payoff, you know. Well, I wasn't living in it in Vegas, so I guess it was vacated, and they said it was, you know, abandoned or something, which it wasn't. But I wasn't there, so. Well, you know, you, you got to stand up for yourself and fight them, you know. <laughs> well, the the insurance, you know, I told the insurance guy, I go, well, I'm fighting it, you know, so he goes, well, let me know. If what you win, <laughs> I, I have it on a card here somewhere. I don't know. Yeah. so long ago. But anyway, that's neither here nor there at this point. <laughs> yeah, well, you just got to deal with the reality of today and tomorrow, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, talk to me about liens. You know, the state of California has liens on me. They got liens on you? For what? Uh, 
Well, they say I owe back taxes. They say I owe income taxes. Well, what's their proof of that? They don't. Well, they just they don't have any proof. They've just gotten you know W nines from the mortgage company saying I made mortgage payments. <laughs> well, just because you make a mortgage payment doesn't mean I know that. I understand that. I've told them prove it, but they don't care. They just do it anyway. Well, you know, uh, you got to look at the, the the whole revenue taxation code, specifically for businesses, and you yeah. got to let them know that I'm not that capitalized name. I'm a man. I, I man, right? Yeah, I've done all that. I've written right? them all the letters, and they just go ahead anyway. So, so I'm gonna have to sue them. They got you. Oh, there's one for eighteen thousand. There's one for. Well, what do you mean a lean? Uh, uh, what are they leaning? My name, I guess. I mean, you know, if I ever wanted to sell my house, they would collect from that. Let me put it that way. You mean they got a lien on your property or? Yeah. It's what it says on your personal property or anything. Well, personal property is not real property, though. What can I say? Well, so you got to know what the terms are. Well, I don't plan on selling it anytime soon anyway, so it's not like a rush for me. Well, what you ought to do is you ought to just put it in a trust and make people that you sell it to uh, the new trustee. <laughs> if I ever sell it. Well, well, yeah. I mean, and then that way they're not stuck with it, and they they just make a trustee to somebody else, right? So I could so I can put my house in a trust now, even though I'm making payments on it. Yeah. Isn't that doesn't that make a, Isn't there a name change on the paperwork involved in that? No, you just. You know, you just quit claim it to the name of the trust, right? Make yourself a trustee, and then you name your successor trustees. And what you do when you want to sell it, you just sell them the trust that owns the house. (laughs) Well, I don't plan on it, but, I mean, it's good to know. Yeah, and you just tell them, look, you know, I'll sell you the trust, which, you know, has the property in it, you know, and you never have to pay a tax on it, you know, for those liens. (laughs) But, yeah, that's another way. Yeah. Because you're passing the trust along in the estate, right? And they and they won't record it, right? You never record the trust. You just pass it along to the next guy as the trustee, and you you assign a new trustee or substitute a trustee, right? When I don't somebody know buys much, it. I don't know anything about that stuff. Trust <clears throat> trustees. I can't. You know, my brain doesn't want to grasp that. Perception. Yeah. Trusts and trustees and. All like that. All I know, I know what a living a living trust is. Uh huh. Well, it's almost the same thing. You know, you got express trust, implied, and uh, you know, there's all kinds of trusts. You know. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> I'll have to talk to you about that more later. Yeah, but that's one way to cut cut the cut the crap. You know, is just to put it. You know, put the property into a, a trust and uh, record the the trust. No record the 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 quick claim deed in the name of the trust, right? Okay. And the trust maintains who the trustee is and then you just sell off the trustee position to whoever you want. And people go for that? Some people do. If they like your place enough. Yeah. Well, I don't plan on selling and it. And all they do is if they want to give it to their grandchildren, they just put their grandchildren they created an assignment saying that on my death you know, my successor trustee is my grandson, named so and so. Yeah, I see. <laughs> Pretty easy, huh? Yeah, and that keeps it out of court for. Yeah. Yeah. 
you die, you don't have nothing <clears throat> in your name because you granted it to a trust. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> ABC trust. <laughs> huh. But the rub is, is that they'll probably try to con you into hiring a lawyer to deal with it if you have to go to court with it, all right? But that's not so bad because there's no law saying that, you know, a trustee's got to hire an attorney. That's just the bar rule. Oh. And we don't give a damn about bar rules, right? Right. Because they don't apply to us because we're not a member of that legal society. That's right. And they're just nothing but a communist organization since the uh, Congress said that in 1947. So what are we worried about? <laughs> that what Congress said about a democracy? Well, well, what? we're not a democracy because the United States, you know, guarantees... Well, I know, I know, we're a republic. ...government to, to each they, of the states. They use that term every day, all the time. I know, that's because they're trying to con you with it, you know? It's just like... Oh, let me just put it in an inch, you know. Oh, yeah, just an inch, you know. <laughs> just an inch? What are you talking about? I don't want to have sex with you. <laughs> just an inch, you know. It's not having sex, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, well, after yeah, a while, okay. the whole schlong is in there, right? <laughs> like saying you're a little bit pregnant. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Erwin <clears throat> Schiff used to use that all the time. Well, that's... That's about it, you know, either you are or you're not. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's just, you know, well, it's just like saying that, look, you won't get pregnant the first time you do it, right? Then all of a sudden, what the hell is this? <laughs> but, uh, you know, you lied to me, you bastard. <laughs> well, you shouldn't have believed everything I said. You know how many chicks I told that to? <laughs> At least 23. <laughs> 16 of them got pregnant. <laughs> you dumb idiot. Nineteen kid. <laughs> no, that's what, you know, I, I've heard of people that did that, you know. I mean, it's just crazy, but. Uh, well, you know, we trust one another sometimes too much, and we shouldn't well, probably yeah. do that, right? Well, that's just like, you know, your public servants, you know. Anytime a cop tells you something, tell them, well, look, blow off, man. You know, show me your court order, and then I'll do it. You know, otherwise... Get off my property, you know. And it used to be that, you know, when a sheriff came on your property, you met him with a shotgun with the, the barrel pointed at him. What do you want? You know, well, we're looking for so-and-so. Well, he's not here. Okay, Tex, see you later. <laughs> yeah. Right? Doesn't happen like that anymore, though. Well, that's because people have, you know, have, uh, you know, uh, what do you call it? Gentrification? Is that the name? I don't know. What are you trying to say? Well, people have just let let themselves, uh, you know, be conned into it, right? Well, yeah. Well, you think they're telling you the truth. They're supposed to be. They're your public servants. They're supposed to be there for your best interests and the interests of the people. But that isn't the way it is anymore. Yeah, exactly. You know, so... They're there for their best interests. And screw you. Right. So, you know, it's just, uh, you know, uh, yeah, just like anything else, you know, it's just like, uh, why would you ever want to believe a lawyer? You know, I I, I saw a guy that hired a lawyer, paid him $5,000, and then the, the guy just filed a substitution of attorney in there. And then the next hearing came up, he wanted another $5,000. Well, you know, he said that he worked for $150 an hour. 
and uh, he didn't even do $150 worth of uh, work, you know. <clears throat> so what the heck is this? You know, I think that's a bar grievance, wouldn't you say? <laughs> but, you know, because it's unethical. You don't charge somebody $5,000 just to make an appearance. You know, when they you, do, though. Well, that's what they do if you're stupid enough to do it, you know. But, uh, you know, another thing, you don't want to hire a lawyer from Nigeria. <laughs> Why? What's the difference? <laughs> <laughs> Same thing, right? <laughs> Same difference, yep. I mean, especially Nigerians, they're always trying to suck you for money, you know. I had this nice Cadillac <clears throat> that I drove around town and... You know, I went to the Carl's Jr. one time with it. You know, there's this security guard you know, over there, and he said he wanted to borrow my car, you know. It's like, no, I don't think so, you know. Why do I want to let you drive my car around town, you know? Well, because it's got nice red leather seats. It's got white paint on the outside with uh, nice chrome trim, and, you know, it's just bitching looking, you know. Wow, you know. And, uh you know, it's, uh, it, it was kind of interesting because he's always trying to hustle me, right? Well, one day I, I rode my bicycle down there and, you know, the guy made a deal for, for some other black guy to uh, steal my bike, you know, and I got him fired for it because oh, wow. he was supposed to work over there and, and, and protect property with people coming in there. And he didn't do it. He made a deal to say, yeah, you can take it from that white boy over there, that cracker. Yeah, take it, man, you know. And uh nothing will happen to you, I guarantee it. And they got the guy's picture on the uh on the video taking it, right? They saw me come in with it and then the guy walking out with it, right? And they oh, saw the God. guy talking to the guy the security guy thirty seconds before the guy left, right? So I got that guy fired. <laughs> did you get your bike back? No, I never did, but I got satisfaction on making sure that guy was fired. Yeah, what a shithead. Oh sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're real people here, right? <laughs> yeah, but I try not to curse on my call because you never know who's listening. You know, we have young people listen to our call. You we had a 12-year-old on that one you time. You mean you haven't used the, 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 the socially acceptable N-word yet? <laughs> socially acceptable? Yes, or the politically correct among Negroids, <laughs> the N-word. <laughs> no, I don't use that. Well, you know, it's funny because, you know, I don't call them Negroids either. Well, 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 I've been in, in in bars and stuff, and they're all calling each other that. You know, it's like, well, geez, man, they don't have any respect for each other. But I guess that's a badge of honor for them. But you know, yeah. if you're white and you say something like that, man, they want to pop <laughs> you all up in arms, right? Yeah. <laughs> but look, it's just like you know, the N word is just like the L word, right? What's the L word? Lawyer. Liar. Oh, <laughs> you're a liar. Well, right. yeah, derogatory names, you know, but they're just names, you know. It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't, you know, people get real, uh, you know, uptight about it. Like when yeah. I came on the call tonight, there's always uh, someone named Puberty, P-U-B-E-R-T. Yeah. She's real, you know, mature. Well, you but know. they always put on here, they call me Angela, Jula, Angela the Jew. Like it's supposed to hurt my feelings or something. Yeah, go tell them to screw themselves. Ah, I don't care. It doesn't you hurt my feelings. This is what was really interesting to me. My father told me he went down to Virginia yeah. and visiting some uh, some relatives over there. 
And he said he was driving along with uh, Margaret. And she'd point out this church and skip that one and point out another one over there and skip a couple and then point out a few over there. And, you know, and my father said, well, well, how come you uh, pointed out this one here and skipped that one and pointed out a couple more and skipped a couple more over there? Well, those are all nigger churches, man. You know, it's like it just goes to show you that even in 95, when he went down there, that that was still prevalent down there. You know, that was their attitude, you know. Yeah, I don't like that. I have no room, no patience, no room for prejudice in my well, life. Well, I know. And I'm, my I'm, life. I'm, I'm very, you know, stuff. But you got to realize that this stuff is still happening today. Oh, yeah. You mean it in a very derogatory term. Sure. And I know a lot of blacks that are really cool, you know, and uh, I get along with them famously. But, uh, you know, but we're, we're just talking ideas here, right? Yeah. And we're talking prejudice and you know, the things that we do have to learn what the word prejudice means is against errant public servants. Yeah. Cops, <laughs> lawyers, judges, congressmen, legislators, you know, all these people that want to violate the Constitution. So we should be prejudiced against misapplication and doing things that are contrary to the public interest. And the public interest, I mean the private interest, right? Because the public relates to public servants and private relates to you and me and how we deal with everybody else in our life. Right. So, you know, when everybody says, well, that's a private, a public right. Well, a public right. Well, what do you mean by a public right? Public right is only what public servants think they have a right in. And those are only privileges. Right. So it's like, for instance, in California, they passed a law saying that it's okay to not publish the, the, the names and addresses of, uh, of cops and, uh, you know, or other public servants, but the people need to know who those people are so that they can go and make them responsible. Right. right. We're not allowed to know uh, the uh, prior offenses either. Well, well, the whole thing is, is that we should be able to know that because we mm -hmm. need to know who our public servants are and how That's accountable. Right. Whether you want to go over there with baseball bats after the guy murdered a couple of guys in cold blood and shot the guy in the back. Well, that's, that that's, that's justice for you, right? You get your 12 guys going over there and that's jury for you. <laughs> Beat the crap out of the guy and kill him, you know? I mean, uh, that, that's essentially what that is, you know, because that's the jury. You know, well, should we beat the hell out of the guy and kill him or should we not? Well, you know, tell us uh, 12 good reasons why we should let you live, you know? Well, I, uh, I helped... Uh, I helped some old lady that uh, was getting robbed in her house, and, you know, they're breaking in her window. Okay, that's one. What, what about another 11 here, you know? You shot the guy in the back, you know? Yes, he was leaving the woman's house after he stole her no, family no. heirlooms no, and no, no. The, broke the, her leg. and. Well, no, no. The, no? The, cop, the cop killed the guy, shot him in the back. Oh. After he told the cop to go, you know, if he since he didn't have a warrant, go go buzz off, you know, and he's not going to deal with you, right? So the cop just shot him, right? Mm. And, and in particular, it, you know, it's just, uh, you know, that's not what you're supposed to do. In the old days, cops would physically fight with you and do that, but now they're just said that anybody that's got anything in their hand is shoot them, right? If they don't put it down. That's what it seems like, yeah. <laughs> right. And yeah. and it's like, well, where's the manliness in that? You know, you can have a baseball bat, and I'll go and take it away, and I'll bust you in the head with it, you know? Yeah. I mean, you know, you just got to know how to deal with it. But, 
you know. <clears throat> but not everybody is uh, that combative. <laughs> but now let's look at another thing here. Does anybody know that the California Constitution, what what it says regarding notes and, and stuff like that? Not offhand. Well, this is very juicy here. Okay. You want to know? Yeah. Educate okay. me. Educate? Educate. Educate me. Okay, well, if we go to Article 4... Article 4 is a really good article here because what it does is it talks about the legislative department and what they can do. Okay, in California, Article 4 is the legislative department. Like Article 5, <clears throat> that that relates to the executive and Article 6, the judiciary. Okay. So specifically, Article 4, Section 34 says this. The legislature shall have no power to pass any act granting any charter for banking purposes, but associations may be formed under general laws for deposit of gold and silver, but no association shall make, issue, or put into circulation any bill, check, ticket, certificate, promissory note, or other paper or the paper of any bank to circulate as money. <clears throat> well, what's that telling you? <clears throat> what's that telling us? That this paper stuff that you receive is not money, and it's and it's outlawed. Okay, so let's go to Section 35. Article 4, Section 35. This is the Organic Constitution, 1849. The legislature of this state shall prohibit by law any person or persons, associations, company, or corporation from exercising the privileges of banking or creating paper to circulate as money. Okay, so basically when you signed a promissory note, that was an illegal act under the California Constitution. And with these two sections, I've won many credit card cases. Yeah, because basically a promissory note. Well, what's a promissory note? Does anybody know what a promissory note extends to? And it's a promise to pay. <laughs> well, I mean, let's get some let's get some uh, some input from other people on the call here if they're there. All right, anybody wants to uh, input, press star eight, and that'll put your hand up. You should know that by now. Press star eight. And let's hear them. Let's hear them. Uh, no one's putting their hand up, so. Well, I'm not going to talk about it if nobody talks about it. There's a lot of people up. on the call. Well, there's the great Gazoo. Okay, go ahead. You've been unmuted. Hello? Hello. Uh, from what I know, promissory note with a maturity over nine months is a security. Well, you're you're looking at that in a very limited sense. Let's let anybody else. <laughs> okay, let's hear from somebody else. All right, Donaldson, you've been unmuted. Hello, Donaldson, are you there? I am here. How are you guys okay. doing? I think I, it's a contract. A promissory note is an agreement. For payment, um, yeah, keeping it simple. 
that that's very simple. So so let, let let's try to extrapolate where else it goes, okay? In in common parlance, as of today and what people mostly do, let let's refer to that. I mean, people have a hard time seeing it in three D and this is where okay. we're going. We're getting into a three D model here. So what else would be a promissory note? In writing. Uh, uh, I got it. Unconditional. I got it. Go All right, let's legal, see the other guy. Legal tender. What is it? Okay. Legal tender. No. Uh-uh. No. 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 Legal tender is gold and silver under Article One, Section Ten, Clause. What is it? Clause Five of the uh, the United States Constitution, 1789. All right, Bowler, you've been unmuted too. Yeah, I think the notes is money not lawful money. <clears throat> well, what what do we use as a promissory note every day? Dollars. Federal Reserve notes, uh, exactly. Yeah, Federal Reserve notes, yeah. Well, so far everybody's kind of missed, missed it in, in, in common parlance, okay? Let's get to what we do every day. Shall I make it a little easier for you to figure it out? Yeah, you're kind of vague. I mean, we trade paper. That's as simple as I can make it. Okay. It's credit. It's credit. <clears throat> I'm going to make it real simple. <clears throat> when you don't have any cash in your pocket, what is it? A painful? Credit. Credit. <laughs> Credit? Well, a, a, a promissory note is what you sign for when you use a credit card. That's a promise to pay in the future, okay? Okay. Okay, so let's. Uh, who's got the truck in the background here? That was Donaldson. I had to mute you out because of the noise. But go yep. ahead. Okay, so so now why don't you bring them all online and let's talk about it again. Well, everybody's unmuted. Bowler, Great Kazoo, Donaldson. Yeah. Who else? Anybody else want to be unmuted? Press star eight if you want to participate in this conversation. Okay. Yeah, I think okay. if you look at the UFC, we're not even supposed to be using those FRNs. Well, no, because they're an obligation of the United States. They're not an obligation under that you have to pay a tax on. <clears throat> so, so in essence, under Article Four, Section Thirty-Four, that uh, that uh, make issue put in the circulation a bill, check, ticket, certificate, promissory note, or other paper or paper of any bank to circulate as money. So, basically, the use of a credit card is unlawful. Passing the fern along is unlawful. Signing a promissory note for the bank is unlawful. Um, you know, uh, you know, a check, you know, writing checks is unlawful. So everything that everybody's doing out here is an unlawful act. <laughs> Sorry to say it, but you know, <clears throat> but if you use these sections uh, in, in, in court cases, you can win them. I've done several of them. It's a lot of fun when you get down there. Well, you know, he signed a promissory note. Well, under the Constitution, he can't do that. You know, it shall not circulate his money, right? And yeah, but you, once you do it, well, how? What you know? What you were? I I didn't know better, so I got suckered into signing it. And here I found out it's not legal to sign that, and it's not lawful money. So, right. So you you know, it's this yeah, they, you know, and it, and it talks about no. You know they can't form any associations or charters, right? But 
or for banking purposes, right? So a bank, you know, cannot come in there and circulate promissory notes, certificates like a CD, certificate of deposit, all that stuff, mm-hmm. right? That that's all against the law as far as the Constitution in California, <clears throat> and anything that's cir- any paper to circulate his money is also prohibited and it's like you know what we do in everyday life we think that it's normal right but i bet you never had any idea that it was uh not lawful to do those things yeah well we've been doing it all our lives well right by by giving over the obligation right well we're like to the to this you know parent company i guess right because that's what the promissory note does right it's it's uh, evidence of an obligation well for example let's take the first paragraph of of uh, promissory notes it usually says uh in exchange for the loan that i have received i promise to pay 1.6 million dollars us to let's say countrywide right well mm-hmm. The the promissory note is naked at that point. Why is it? Because you haven't received a loan yet. No. Why? Okay. What what about other people here? Let's hear some. I thought it said for value for value received. I promise to pay. You know, John Doe Incorporated. You know, two hundred and ten dollars a month for the next two hundred years. Ask the question again. Uh, okay, so if well, we're talking about the promissory note, right? Mm-hmm. And and what the obligations are. What what does the the first paragraph of every uh, of every promissory note say? First paragraph usually says, "For the the loan that I have received, I promise to pay 1.6 million dollars U.S. to." Okay. So what what is that telling you right there? Show me the money. Where was it? Well, no. Okay. Show, show me show me the receipt or the check where you gave me or or the gold and silver with a couple of witnesses on it that authenticate the first part of that that promissory note. Oh my god, he's talking about participating in crime, you guys. Every every day we are participating in crime when we're using that paper currency. And and not not the gold and silver that the Constitution right, act, right, actually right. says. But but in order to enforce the promissory, now let's talk about what we do every day here. Okay, I know people that go into court on foreclosures all the time. Okay, the thing is, is that the judge asks them, "Well, did you receive money?" And they say, "Yes." Why did they ever say you received money when the Constitution says that the only form of money you can get is gold and silver coin under Article One, Section Ten? Uh, clause five. So, so, so now here's the other complication with the promissory note. It says that for the loan that you received, what does that mean right there? You've already received it. It means that there was a past tense transaction that happened before you signed the promissory note, right? Yeah. Okay. So now where's the evidence of them giving you that loan or that money, where is the evidence? Do they have a receipt from you saying, look, I got $1.6 million from Countrywide over here, and here's the, you know, I, I'm going to sign it. So, so in essence, what is the weakness of the promissory note under that single term right there? It's, it's a lie. It's fraud. 
It's not backed up by anything. There's no funds backing it. Under under contract law, what's what's the missing element here? Consideration. Oh yeah, exactly. that's it. <laughs> that's it exactly. Because there's got to be there's a meeting of the minds, right? Right. I mean, they had all the other elements except for uh, the, the consideration. You gave them something, and they never gave you anything, right? Because okay. it says that you received something prior to that, so you were relying on them, right? Uh, to, to tell you the truth with, and having a fiduciary duty to you to tell the truth and be honest about it. Well, okay, in the, let, let's propose another example. What happens if you did get something a, a week or two later? Uh, so fraudulent because on its face there was fraud. No, I mean, no, probably wasn't. sold the no, note. No, no, we're not talking about that. We're talking strictly about the note. Right. Let's say you got something a week or two later. What is the implication of that? Let's, let's rephrase it that way. <clears throat> well, you still lied on the note, right? Still lied because you didn't receive. You didn't no, receive no, no. We're not, talking, we're, we're, not, we're not talking about that part of the note now. We're talking about what you get two weeks later. Uh, the house or the car. What's the implication? That you received something. The implication is, I know you all missed it now, the implication <laughs> is, is if you got something a week or two later, that was that, that there was no obligation attached to that, and that was a, a gratuitous event. You got it for free. You didn't have to do anything about it. Okay, because it says you received something before. So if you got it two weeks later, where's the note for that event? Right. That's why I said you didn't get it. Right. So, I mean, strictly looking at, at the language of the instrument, there was, you know, you know, in order to prove that note, it, you know, is not naked, which means is, is, you know, in order to prove that it's not naked, they'd have to come in with proof showing, well, look, here's a here's a receipt that Angela signed receiving that one point six million dollars from Countrywide, for example. Right. That would that would authenticate the note there, right? Just because you signed the note, right, doesn't mean that you actually got it because there is no other signature on there attesting that you received the money there. It's only your signature, right? Right, right. So it's a rebuttable presumption that you got anything. Right. Right? And they use in the past tense. It does, it, the note didn't say, well, for the loan that I will receive a, a couple of weeks after I sign this, you know, she will receive $1.6 million. Well, what's the problem with that language there? Tell us. No, I want people to put well, it says forth she, she will receive. Well, that's a future thing. You already received something you had, you had said earlier, right? Well, I mean, we're, we're, we're going from the past to the future now, so what does that mean? The future... The future don't come, does it? It's always now, right? Right. It's always got to be now. So basically, it's another failure of consideration because they didn't give you anything right now for the note that you just gave them. <clears throat> like if I gave you a, a silver, uh, a gold coin, and you gave me your tractor, that would be a consideration, right? Because you wanted that gold, and I wanted that tractor, right? Even though it was broken, you know, it's okay. I can fix it, <laughs> right? So there's consideration for that. Or I give you that gold coin for 
you know, 10 uh, bushels of uh, corn, you know, that's consideration. But, you know, for you to say that, look, you're going to sign a note now and you're going to receive something a couple of weeks later, that's not a promissory note now. That's a contract, okay? Right. So basically it's not so, – so basically anything that, that would be called a promissory note for something that you got later is not a promissory note. It's just a contract, okay? And there's a breach of contract. So basically they could just say a contract, but the reason why they don't ever want to do that is because statute of limitations on contracts are four years in California. Whereas the promissory note, they go on practically for 15 or 20 years or 50 years, right? <clears throat> but the California Constitution says thou shalt not circulate any paper promissory note, certificate, ticket, check, bill to circulate as money, and they're doing that, right? How are you supposed to get food? What's I mean, that? The law of necessity or something. you got to get groceries and stuff. What do you, how do you well, no, no. well, the thing is, is it's, it's been accepted that that's what that's worth. You know, Now, what happens when, you know, you got $10,000, and nobody will take it because they realize that uh, that $10,000 isn't even worth $1, right? But you got an ounce of gold? Oh, hell, they'll take that. I mean, I would take that. <clears throat> you know, for an ounce of gold, hell, man, I would give you my uh, my track racing bicycle. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my, my, my track bicycle got flat tires and I don't got a pump and, you know, electricity's off and everybody's screwed, right? But, hey, I'll take that gold from you. You can take my bike, right? Right. That that makes me think of a question about local currencies and, 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 and kind of circumventing the green paper thing. You know, because I have a small window cleaning business, um, and, uh, <clears throat> you know, I trade my, my labor for, for green paper every day. And, uh, you know, everyone is contracted. But, yeah, go ahead. Uh, okay, go ahead. Go ahead. I'll add my input after you're done. Yeah. So I'm not really getting anything for my, uh, you know, for my labor, other than the green paper and a and a smile or, or a thank you. Sometimes I don't get the smile, but, uh, you know, I mean, that, I guess I guess that's it. I mean, what am I? I'm then when I spend that, right? That's now I'm making. Um, well, I guess I'm playing the part as citizen, you know. Um, and and supporting the fraud, you know, it's. I want to get away from that. So I was thinking about community-based currency, and I, it just, you know, your comments brought that up to, you know, to my my thinking mind. Well, my thinking is, is uh, when did your family come to uh, California? <clears throat> oh, okay, that's a good question because I don't know my mom or dad. <laughs> Okay, well, I, I could say that most people's family in the last hundred years came here within the last hundred years, okay? Right? Yeah. Let, let, okay. Let's extrapolate on this issue. Mm -hmm. And if they, if they came up through Mexico, most likely the fact is that uh, you're all illegals, right? Because okay. some people did that, right? right? Unless you're a white Mexican. Uh, you know, and, and the, the the thing about it is, is that if you were born uh, born or naturalized under the United States, you actually have no rights. So why would you want to be be a citizen? Okay. Now the Constitution talks about we the people, you know, for 
the benefit, uh, you know, of our posterity and, uh, you know, we formed this government for our protection and benefit, right? So here's the rub. It doesn't say we the people the undersigned, meaning that we the people is all those people that signed the Declaration of Independence or the con uh, Constitution for the United States, right? It's a general term meaning everybody here, okay, except those they got born or naturalized in the United States, which would be uh, Washington, D.C., area of the 10 square miles, or a territory such as Guam, Puerto Rico, Virgin Islands, uh, etc. Um, so why would you want to call yourself a citizen? Because a citizen is a subject. And to my point of view is, is that citizens are public servants. Okay, and the laws apply directly to them. They don't apply to us because we got inherent rights of travel, food, clothing, shelter. So why are they taxing those? Because you're calling yourself a United States citizen when you're yeah. not. You're mm -hmm. Can I, What's but that? this is nightmarish. I just wanted to say how nightmarish this is because it, it, it's frustrating. I mean, I understand the citizen, this is another, this is kind of, I took you off on a rant, but bringing it back to, okay. the, to, to the dollar, <laughs> You know, that's a that's a nightmare scenario right there. When you think about, um, you know, the the passage of 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 acts or statutes that enable, you know, um, using uh, the green paper, I guess some people call it war script. But, you know, like what it's the oddest thing that we just are just compelled to perform in this, you know. Uh, uh, yeah, what do we do? Almost. Orwellian kind of situation going on. What about uh, Title 12, 411, where it doesn't say it's authorized for legal tender. It's only authorized for Federal Reserve agents uh, to bank. Federal Reserve banks advancement through Federal Reserve agents and for no other reason is authorized. Right. Well, you got a good point there, and you know you're just participating in it because you know of no other way to deal business, right? And we're all been kind of stuck under that to some degree or another. And uh, you know, it's our job to go and start, you know, doing uh, bartering. I mean, there's no such thing as, uh, you know, they they can't tax a barter. You know, I give you this and you give me that. So and. and you know the things that I'm bartering is the fruit of my own labor. Hell, I grow that 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 40 acres of of black beans out there, and I'm going to give you a couple of sacks of it for something else that you have, maybe six sacks of corn, right? Because corn grows a lot more prolifically than beans do, right? And so, therefore, you know, it's just uh, you know that's something for all of us to contemplate how we want to deal with this. You know, but, uh, th and that's why, you know, there's there's a lot of stuff that's been going on that's really funky in the world. And, uh, you know, if you know the money argument, that'll put you way ahead. And most people don't know the money arguments, and that makes it very difficult for them, uh, just like a lot of us, right? So, um, for example, I'll give you some uh, <clears throat> cases over here that... Uh, that talk about what uh, what uh, money is. Okay, all silver coin was removed from common circulation at par at the banks in America. Public Law 8931. That's in 1965. Senate Number 2080. Public Law 9029. 67. 
1967, that is, Title 50 U.S.C. 9898H, 60 Statutes at Large, 596. Okay, and here's another thing here. And they're talking about the Federal Reserve here. It all adds up to a preconceived plan to destroy the economic and social independence of the United States. That's George Malone, a senator. The Federal Reserve System is nothing more than a group of private banks which charge interest on the money that never existed. Jack Metcalf, another senator. This act establishes the most gigantic trust on earth. When President Wilson signs this bill, the Federal Reserve Act, the invisible government of the of the monetary power will be legalized. The worst legislative crime of the ages is perpetrated by this banking and currency bill. That's Lindbergh. Okay, he's another congressman. Redemption of any currency of the United States in gold is prohibited. 48 Stat 340. Title 30, 31 U.S.C. 315B and 408A. Federal Reserve is privately owned. Federal Reserve Bank of San Francisco, in an ad in the, at five U.S. well, in an ad in the Computer World, July 16, 1979, page 139, describes that. You can also go to 5 U.S.C. 302, 5 U.S.C. 305, 5 U.S.C. 551. This is all the stuff here that that is talking about administrative stuff. Okay, so you want to be careful with that. Um, also, it says that the standard unit as the dollar consists of so many grains of gold, nine tenths fine as established shall be the standard of value, and all forms of money issued or coined by the United States shall be maintained at parity of value with this standard. And it shall be the duty of the Secretary of the Treasury to maintain such parity. 31 U.S.C. 314. The gold certificate reserve against Federal Reserve deposits was eliminated entirely. 79 Stat 5. Gold reserves are removed entirely against the Federal Reserve notes in circulation to make available additional amounts of gold for international monetary transactions. Well, that's a bunch of bull, but that's public law 9269. Uh, so, the Coinage Act of eight, 1965 discontinued silver coinage, 79 Stat 254. Okay. Um, redemption of silver certificates and silver was discontinued in June 24, 1968. Federal Reserve notes are legal tender currency. That's 31 U.S.C. 392. But they're obligations of the United States, and nobody can tax those. No state could claim that as a tax, and 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 the government cannot make you pay a tax on that either. Okay, so when we look at Title 12, USC 411, it says that lawful money is not the same as legal tender. Okay, so now, um, now here's another fact too: is that the Bureau of Engraving and Printing produces the nation's paper currency and it sells it to the Federal Reserve System for 20 bucks per thousand notes. This is M. M. Schneider, Acting Executive Assistant, Department of Treasury, uh, and that was December 14, 1982. And it, and it also goes on to say that obligations of the U.S. government are exempt from taxation by a state. Title 31 U.S.C. 3124. Obligation of the United States is defined at Title 18, Section 8. <clears throat> okay. 
Um, corporations are not exempt and must take, pay taxes on the obligations of the United States. And that's 31 U.S.C. 3124A1. Um, when the Civil War was in operation, several acts were passed in July and August 1861 and February 1862, known as the Legal Tender Act. That's where Lincoln issued those notes. Remember that? Twelve uh, staffs, uh, 259. Remember that? Well, that was the, the Lincoln Greenback, right? And those are also right. unlawful, too, but people started accepting them and trading them. So now, Justice Taney showed that legal tender provision was unconstitutional. The power of Congress to coin money was not the power to print paper money. The power to borrow was not the power to force irredeemable notes on private creditors. And that's Carl B. Swisher and Roger Taney. And that was a, a New York case in 1935. So there's a lot of stuff that goes on here. Money is not the only medium of exchange, but is a standard of value. Nothing can be such such standard which ha, ha, is, has no intrinsic value or which is subject to frequent changes in value. That's a legal tender case. It's 110 U.S. 421. That's 1883. And so basically, it's, you know, it's saying that no state shall omit any bills of credit. That's Article 1, Section 10, Clause 1 of the U.S. Constitution. So basically, by the states allowing the circulation of paper money is unconstitutional in the original uh, organic United States Constitution. So therefore, the Federal Reserve Act is unconstitutional, and circulation of that is uh, is a crime in that sense, right? So now, what we do is... Uh, you know, we all got to contemplate this, how we want to deal with this. And it's very hard because we, we've all been uh, tricked for so long how to do these, you know, you know, into doing these things and without thinking about them. So the next time that you want to go and defend yourself in, let's say, a foreclosure case, you can use some of those things there and it'll probably slow it way the hell down. And, but you may have to go to appeal and... uh you know, you may have to jump through several hoops, but, you know, the law is very clear under the Constitution, right? And it says that Congress shall make no ex post facto laws, bills of attainder, or anything else. Well, an ex post facto law is a law of Congress that only applies to the territories of the United States. It doesn't apply to somebody, let's say, in the Santa Monica National uh, Santa Monica Mountains, which is, what is it, a U.S. forest up there now? Um, I don't know, really. Or, or yeah. you know, uh, San Bernardino Mountains or Sierra Nevada, because you know how they're trying to take all these parks over from the United States and yeah, they are. They granted, they gave the the uh, the uh, grant the um, Grand Canyon to the United Nations. Well, the whole thing is, is that they don't have power to do that because they never had the right to do it anyway. Well, because, I agree, but right. there's a black there saying it, you know. So. Right. So basically, any time a, a, a U.S. forest officer comes over to you and telling you you can't do that, tell them to buzz off because number one, in order to to do that, they, California would have had to, or in Arizona, Nevada would have had to secede that land to them and make them pay for it. Well, did they ever pay for it? No, they didn't. Oh. And, and none of those states ever ceded it. So basically, the Congress, by doing that, did something unlawful because they only have 
power within their 10 square miles. Right. <clears throat> so therefore, when you see a federal police officer trying to pull you over, just don't even bother stopping because he doesn't have any right to. Uh, don't tell people that because right, that's true. That's true. It's well, true, it, but a lot of people don't yeah. know how to deal with that. I, I did that with that. the FBI and just flipped them off. <laughs> Let yeah. me ask you something. That's true. Uh, <laughs> Rick, <laughs> I did that too. I a couple of yeah, yeah, yeah. And the guy pulled his badge out and showed it to the damn window, and I just flipped him off and drove on. Yeah, I did that you too. Know? I, I had people. I've seen a fair they judge, that. and they. And, and and they did that to me too, and I just drove off, you know. Yeah, I mean, hell, what can they you know, do? You know what I did is I stopped right there, and I took his picture, and he ran away right there, you know. Because <laughs> you know when you're seeing the judge, he picture. He pulled up to the stoplight there and did that, and said he was the FBI, and I just flipped him off and drove off. Well, and he got you don't, mad, you know. They don't have right to pull you up later. Yeah, I wasn't gonna did stop. They, did they pull you over later or what? No, no, never did pull me over. No, <laughs> well, just see, let they me go after that. Well, see, the thing is, is they realize that they're 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 trying to pull a fast one yeah, on you. Yeah, but wait a minute. What did he just pull up to the long side of your car and and yeah. flash the badge and said I'm FBI? Why? Yeah, I said I was driving too damn fast. I just couldn't oh. <laughs> None of your goddamn business, yeah. man. Yeah, FBI. I mean, everything. what the hell? What can he do to me? You know. Well, I mean, they can really shoot you can probably they get away with it. But well, really, you know, I mean... You know, the, they the, know the yeah. law better than the city police know the law. They do, yeah. Well, they're yeah. trained now. Yeah. They know well, the law better than the cops do. He can misinterpret your actions. Mm. Hello? Well, hey. here's the problem, guys. Here's the problem, is that you better know what... what what their uh, duties are and what they aren't, you know, so that right. you can uh, hammer them on it. Because if you don't, they're going to take advantage of you. And it's like every c- single cop that comes out of the police academy or the sheriff's academy or the state highway patrol academy is trained that all vehicles are required to be registered when it's simply not true, you know. And they they lead you to to believe that all of them are, you know. But we know when we look at uh, vehicle code section 260, it defines what a commercial motor vehicle is, and all motor vehicles are commercial vehicles, and passenger vehicles do not qualify as a motor vehicle. So when they say, well, you know, uh, do you understand that this uh, vehicle's uh, required to be registered? Well, no, it isn't. Don't argue with me and talk back. Well, shut your mouth if you don't know what the law is, you know. <laughs> but, uh, you know, because they, <clears throat> well, you got to be proactive with it, right? Right, you got to bust their chops. And yeah, once they you think that the... you can bust their chops, then they just <clears throat> they'll walk away. Essentially, you know, but yeah. you know, you got to know how to handle yourself. And if right. you ever been in the military, you know what the, the 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 DI versus the new recruit routine is, right? Right. No, what's that? I don't know. Well, go and what's up. DI mean? Well, well, go on to YouTube, and I want everybody to do this tonight. So the next time I come on here, I can talk to you about. It. Go and look up Marine DI versus Recruit, and you'll see what that's all about. What's DI stand for? You'll figure it out. Oh, come on! <laughs> it's a drill instructor. Drill. Instructor. Oh, okay. Thank you. Well, you know how you see people getting chewed out by their sergeants when they're new. 
you know, and they, they're screaming in their left ear and their right ear about two inches away, and they're spitting in this guy's face about an inch away from the guy's mouth and yelling in his other ear really loud. And, 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 and you know, and when the, you know, the recruit starts to look at him in your, you know, in the, in the DI's eye, what are you looking at? You're not going to look at me. <laughs> you know, well, right. a lot of cops understand that routine real well. And if you can pull it off, that's good for you, man, because they're trained to obey, right? So you do that? I've done it several times. Well, you 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 told me once that you told them to stand down, officer, or whatever it was. Oh, I tell them all kinds of stuff, you know, holster your weapon, whatever, right? <clears throat> but, uh, you know, number one, they don't have any standing over you out in the field unless there's an emergency and pulling a guy over is not an emergency right right so basically when they throw on the red light and there's no emergency look i could see a guy pulling a red light on me if i had like i was driving a a a pickup truck and i tied a bed down to the rack on the top but it come loose and it was flopping around i'd want him to tell me about that you know because i don't want my bread to get all screwed up and people hit it and cause accidents you know, but I don't want them telling me to show me your license and registration and all this other kind of stuff, right? But he's actually doing his job when he's doing it that way, right? Or if he sees that your wheel's going to fall off because it's wobbling, you know, and you get out there and, holy cow, man, that stupid mechanic forgot to tighten up my lug nuts, you know. And the well, thank you very much, officer. I appreciate it. You know, or your light bulbs. Adios. Out. Well, hey, I got another one in the car. Thank you very much. Don't write me up. You know, that's what their job is, is to, uh, you know, to do that. But, you know, when you refuse to cooperate with them, that's not breaking the law. But they try to charge you with obstruction. Well, you're not obstructing the officer in his duties. Why is that? By refusing or, 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 or requiring him to obey what the law is by getting a warrant, right? So when they arrest you and they try to charge you with uh, obstruction... Well, this is the this is how you got to go and defend yourself. Okay, and this is very crucial. Okay, so uh, obstruction is usually delaying, obstructing, uh, you know, an officer uh, in an emergency. Okay, well, what emergency were you going to? You know, when I obstructed you, what were you involved with when I came over and I tried to push you away and keep you from giving that guy medical attention or something, right? You know, show me how that was because that obstruction of justice charge is absolutely a, a, a false claim against you. Bogus. Yeah. Yeah, and and it's a felony in California to file a false claim against somebody. <clears throat> and uh, I know California pretty well, uh, and every other state is the same thing, right? But you know, right. down in Oklahoma, they'll write you two separate tickets rather than just including them all in one. But, you know, they're just doing that as a game because <coughs> there's no reason to write you separate tickets. <coughs> but, uh, you know, Let it's all crazy. If I can back you up to the money thing, <clears throat> when you're reading all that, <clears throat> it all applies to uh, Federal Reserve notes being unconstitutional and all this kind of stuff. And I heard about a guy who robbed a bank and got away with it because they knew his defense was that stuff ain't worth crap. All I took was Federal Reserve notes. So with that being right. said... It it's non-redeemable, right? I mean, if it was a silver certificate and says it's redeemable, like gold or silver, silver. at the Federal Reserve Bank of Chicago, you know, you could take it there and then they could get you for something like that. Right, but since they took removed that language... 
and you can't go and trade it in for anything. It's a worthless note, right? Yeah, it's not a. It's not a. Not even a promissory note at that point. Well, well, here, 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 here. Let, let, let's let, let's do another uh, parallel universe. It's a receipt. Let, is what it let, is. let me ask you this though: the coin. Well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let, let's let's stay with this right now while we're on it. Okay, okay. So, so people are foreclosing on you with a copy of a note, right? Well, how come they won't accept? You know, like a, a thousand, copy of a dollar. Copies <laughs> of a hundred dollar bills, right? John yeah, Stewart, there you, go. you know, John, John Stewart used to say, you know, if they, you go into court and they provide a copy of the note, you provide, give them a copy of the house, take a picture of it, run a copy, and give them that. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Oh, that's so cute. Or or show up with the original promissory note that's signed and blowing by you, right? Because yeah. you always get one of them. So let, let, let me ask you this. The, the coin, right, since it all applies to the Federal Reserve note and not the coin or or currency of the United States, then wouldn't that mean that a, a quarter is worth $5 or something like that? Because well, there's, no, because there's the, no silver in there no more. Yeah, but... Well, the thing, the, is that the, the thing is is that they they did coin that, and they do call that a quarter of a dollar because the dollar's got so many grains of silver to it, right? Yeah. Right. But that doesn't have any grains of silver in there, so basically it's a... Counterfeit. It's a counterfeit, right? But everybody accepts it just like the greenback. Unless you get one of the older ones that are still ninety percent silver. Well, so. you could get a you can get a, a a dime that's silver, or a quarter and a half dollar, and a dollar that's all silver. But those are hard to find because people are hoarding them. You know. Actually, you can buy them by the bags full. <laughs> you can get them by the bag full. Have you ever heard of uh, Franklin Sa- Franklin Sanders? Uh huh. Okay. Yeah. He sells them, and also there's you know all kinds of bullion places on Amazon or eBay that sell yeah, silver how much coins. They are. No, they sell ninety. You know, you it's well, it's the rate of silver. You know, I've been yeah, buying. Uh, well, so you could have bought it. Uh, silver's eighteen bucks an ounce. It's going to be eighteen bucks. Okay, yeah, you should be able to be go in there with. Well, wait, wait a minute. Should be able to go in there with a hundred a hundred cents and get a, 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 an ounce of silver. Get back on the track, Should be able to. Well, let's keep on going with where we were going before, okay? Go ahead. Yeah. Now, now, you know, all these people, the way that you could really stick these people for false personation of an officer is to go back to the first statute of Congress, which requires everybody in the federal government and the state government to swear an oath to support and defend the the U.S. Constitution, Right. Right. And you nail them on that, and whether they took a federal oath under the three 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 one or whatever they did, that's unconstitutional because the original one says that they're supposed to do it using this kind of language, right? And uh, that's a good way to nail these guys too. And then what you do is you file a claim on them for trespass on your case when they, uh, you know, or you know, uh, tampering with evidence. You know, if they don't want to let evidence in, well, that's tampering with evidence because they're supposed to let everything in, right? And let the jury decide. And when they, you know, when they start to uh, doctor the transcripts, well, that's a that that's alteration of a official transcript by them saying, well, strike this and strike that, and you know, remove that, and you know, you know, 
whatever, right? I mean, that's all illegal activities that these judges are doing. And uh, another favorite trick that judges like to do is they like to talk excessively, right? <clears throat> so what you do is you let them – what's that? Right. Go ahead. So what you They're do is you let, them, you, you let them talk. And, well, you know, Mr. Smith, uh, he, he says that he wants to do this and he wants to do this and he tendered payment, but we're not accepting that here. And, you know, he says that uh, these acts were illegal because – you know, they didn't get uh, approval by so-and-so, and, you know, he's saying that uh, none of these people are creditors over here. Well, what you do is you just let them talk until they run out, right? Well, is there anything that you'd like to say, Mr. Smith? You say, yeah, well, I can, ex uh, you know, I know you've expressed your, your sentiments, but I'm prosecuting this case, and all that other, you, you know, your sentiments really don't mean anything because you're supposed to go by the laws of equity, or or law here, and I'm bringing in an equity thing, and therefore you got to go by the rules of equity in these things here, right? So I'm prosecuting the case, so don't tell this guy that he's got to file a motion to dismiss my complaint because, you know, you're, you're actually giving him legal advice when you should be a mediator, right, settling disputes here or, you know, or things that we can't settle between ourselves. And uh, look, if you want to come down here and prosecute this case, I'll switch places with you, and I'll throw you in jail for a year for contempt. How would you like that? You know, you know. So, I mean, in law and uh, statements of fact. Well, I mean, really, I mean, this is how you got to talk to these people. You know, it's like, look, yeah. I can, uh, I, I can, uh, I, I, you know, I can appreciate your sentiments, but that has nothing to do with this case here. And this is what we're talking about right here. I'm asking you this question, and you got to answer it. No, we're not going to talk about something else that you're bringing up right now. You got to answer this number one question. Then you got to tell them, "Well, look, I got this other question." Okay, what's that? Okay, we'll answer it. Well, now let's talk about this. No, we're talking about this question. You got to answer this question right here, right? Because they'll just try to 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 subvert your your chain of thought there, so that you don't look like you're being coherent in the transcripts, right? And. Uh, you know, so that's an important thing is not to let them run their big blabbermouth all over the place and not let you get your statements in. So basically what you do when they let you talk, you got to have your agenda ready to talk about and speak it. And when they interrupt you, excuse me, well, I'm talking now, please be quiet. You know, okay, do you understand? You know, and then continue on, right? <clears throat> and then they, they hate that, but <clears throat> they end up respecting you a whole lot more in the end. But, uh, you know, and and here it is, too. For example, are a lot of you guys in California? Didn't hear anything. Go ahead. What did you say? I'm in, I'm in Northern California. So I'm okay. not a lot of guys, but... I'm well, in uh, I mean, New Jersey. Okay, well, in California... Well, in almost every constitution in every in every one of the several states, there's a mode for amending the constitution. And in California, uh they've been saying that they have this 1879 constitution. <clears throat> well, the the method that they use to 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 get that uh that other constitution was not done under proper procedure because the 1849 Constitution says that that uh, 
white males and white male Mexicans can vote to change the Constitution. It didn't say blacks. It didn't say Chinese. It didn't say Indians. And also, it says that they got to get approval from Congress and the president in order to change the Constitution. Well, the California 1879 is absolutely void because it never met any of those conditions. <clears throat> so, you know, anytime anybody wants to argue with you with that, you just let them know the, what those terms are. You know, number one, you know, it, it's supposed to be a Republican form of government. This is creating a democracy, which is this is not because, you know, white males and white male Mexicans are the only people that can vote for this thing. Well, we had blacks, we had Chinese, we had Indians, we had all kinds of other people over here, Eskimos and, you know, whatever mm. else we had. Thanks for that. It's good stuff. And it's got to get approved by Congress, which it never was. And uh, everything essentially after the Civil War, <clears throat> the Union disappeared because in 1861, Congress adjourned Senadillo without the next day being set, and it broke apart the Union. And ever since, this government's been held together by uh, slight martial law, like Phase One, right? <coughs> so basically, we can look at it that way, or we can look at the Civil War. What does mo what do most people think the Civil War was fought over? I want some in input here. That's really good. Can we back up? Can you clarify that last point? Because the South didn't pay taxes. What's that? The South didn't want to pay taxes. No, it has nothing to do with paying taxes. Hey, could, could you clarify that final point? What about uh, the method for for uh, amending the California Constitution or what or it, the Civil War? It, it sounded like you were arguing that uh, those changes were not appropriate because black people were allowed to vote. Well, according to the California Constitution, it says that only white males and white male Mexicans can vote to change the Constitution. Then they had to get approval from the Congress, right? And well, uh, so, so if we look at the year 1879, everything that was required to was not. It was entirely skipped, right? And right. <clears throat> let's look at the dates, okay? California was admitted in the Union in 1849, okay? Civil War happened in 1861. The next supposed Constitution came along in 1879. So if the Constitution, the United States dissolved in 1861, Senadia. What's been going on since then? There could never have been a vote from the, you know, approval from the Congress because number one, California reverted back to its uh, Republican state right before the Constitution was admitted. And <clears throat> let's look at something else too. What was the Civil War about? That's what I want to know from people here. Territory. And next, about next, next. <laughs> the right of oh, succession. Well, it over slavery. I know that much. Okay. Well, you're you're pretty much right. It was it, it wasn't about abolishing slavery. Okay. You know, it wasn't about freeing blacks. You know. Was it about alone? I think it was. I think it was about a, a, a the starting of a second class person. Or something like that, having to, because most states were actually freeing 
See, there was this like a bit, the right to have slaves was kind of an issue, like contractually, you know, and uh, I think that, that that definitely played a role in it. But um, the federal oversight, you know, uh, the federal government stepping in and on states' rights actually was what I think, you know, caused the, the Civil War, so, you know. That, that's exactly right, because basically what it was is that the, the area down there known as Washington, D.C., and Congress and everybody assembled down there was only representatives of the sovereign states, okay? So that means that they had to go back to the Senate and everything to ask them every single time what they could do, and, and, and the president couldn't just issue any orders and everything else like that, executive orders, uh, and, and a whole lot of other things. And, and the states, the, the federal government felt really lacking in power because they couldn't go into uh, Virginia or Maryland or Maine or New York and say, look, we're going to require you to do this. They just tell them, look, buzz off. You know, your 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 authorities uh, doesn't extend past the ten square miles, and uh, you know, so go back to Washington, you damn Fed. You know, <clears throat> you don't have any authority out here, right? So, essentially, it was a bid by uh, some major banking powers in England and pro- most likely the Vatican, according to Santos Bonacci to put everybody under the Vatican. Uh, if everybody's seen The Vatican Owns Your Soul by Santos Bonacci, you go and look at it on YouTube, and he's got some other videos. I think he's very clear on that because he's got some excellent work that he put into that. And uh, <clears throat> essentially, <clears throat> what they say that's is... A great that, point, yeah, yeah and, and essentially, 1215 was a great year. But what happened before that, Right. The, the king uh, gave everything over to the pope before that, right? Yeah. So, b- but he- here's the here's the thinking: how can how can the pope try to control the rest of the world? It's just unreasonable because he's just a man, and you know he's over there committing sodomy and you know and everything else and raping nuns and stuff like that. So how is that a virtue? You know, and wh- how does that? What about pedophilia? Well, that's <laughs> what we're talking that's a bigger... about. They just changed, anyway. 2005, I think it was, they just changed the uh, age of consent to 18 in Vatican City, which nobody lives there except for priests, and it used to be like 14 or something. You could take a 14 home and and and, and date him or, or, or him or whatever. Yeah, buggery. <laughs> buggery. You know what buggery is? No, oh, what? Oh, man, buggery. Well, that's uh, in, in modern parlance, anal. <laughs> yeah, <It's a> sodomite. <laughs> yeah, sodomy, right? <laughs> yeah. But uh, you know, I think you know, common parlance is very colorful. You know, <laughs> I laugh at it, but really, it's serious. But uh, Kevin Sal wants to know your age, approximate age. Oh, well, I'm 22. You wish. (laughs) (laughs) You wish. (laughs) Well, really, I mean, you know, I mean, uh, I guess I'm close to that. At least I feel like that. I can still kick your ass. You can say whatever you want to say. It's up to you. No one's forcing you to say your age. Yeah, I know, but I'm, I, 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 I can... 
you know, I'm of the age of majority, I would say. There you go. I no longer tell my age either. <laughs> I used to. So you could, if you listen to all my calls, you will find out my age. <laughs> well, that was a couple of years ago, so we'll have to add a few since then, right? <laughs> well, it was about five or six years ago, I think I might have mentioned my age. Well, that's a lot of calls ago. Yep, sure is. But hey, if you really want to, I mean, just go back to phase one. <laughs> this one is number 375, so. Okay. Well, you know, um, I tell you, man, you know, uh, I got sick and tired of this, you know, uh, this system. And I I really got my eyes open when I was about 32, 33. And I decided that I was going to learn this system, how to uh, take them to court, kick their ass, and take everything they own. And uh, that's been going on for quite a few years now. And uh, I've been very successful with that. And uh, what's that? 52. 52 who? You? You. You're 52. <laughs> no. No, that was... Yeah, that was wow. Nope. Wow ago. Sorry. <laughs> well, I remember. I remember last week. Hey, you hey look. Been, hey, hey, look. Uh, you got... You got you, look, I, I know you're on Social Security. Just send me your check over, okay? And I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> it's not important. I, I'm not writing you a ticket, so I don't care. <laughs> You're oh. not writing your ticket? What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> the, um, the ticket to the policeman's ball? <laughs> yeah, they uh, don't ask for your date of birth. It's on your license, I guess. If you got I never yeah. give it to them. I don't, I don't even have one to give them. What do That's you mean? so wonderful. I love that. You the know, name thing. Can, can, can you talk about your the name thing? I, don't, I think he's 45. I, 45 years old. <laughs> How sweet. Well, look, I, People I, are I, nice, aren't I, they? I learned, I, I learned 22 years of, of uh, law when I was in my mama's belly. <laughs> <laughs> After all, I could hear them calling each other names and you this and you that. Someone had a question? Yeah. Could, could you talk about how you uh, copyright your name? You went into that a little bit last week, and I looked up some information on it. I found a guy, I guess he's in Texas or something, and he, uh, what he does Wait. is he... Huh? Go ahead. Okay, he, he doesn't copyright his name, but he copyrights the all-caps name, like the corporation that they try to use. Like, you can copyright that. Well, you, can't well, you don't. You don't. You don't actually copyright any of that stuff. What you do is you 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 put a public notice out there of your name, and that anybody that uses your 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 name in any variation uh, shall be unlawful, right? And, and because you didn't approve it prior to them using it, and that uh, that if they use it after you give them notice that you can bill them at a certain rate, right? And mm-hmm. after I bill you and you don't pay me within 30 days after sending you that bill, so it's like if they use your name, let's say, 42 times in a piece of paper, well, 42 times, $50,000, what is that amount? Okay, come on, you guys. Some no, of you guys two are million? Two, yeah, two, 42 times. times. Forty-two times fifty thousand. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Where's your guys' math two, at? 
dude, come on. I mean, it's quite an astronomical. It's like two million, two million or something like that, right? Right. It's 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 two million one hundred thousand. Right, right. So basically, what you do is you say that after I bill you and you fail to pay, like I remember uh, getting a complaint with my name in there, uh, something like that, right? And. You know, I told them not to do it, and they did it anyway, and uh, they kept on putting in more papers. So what I did is, in in your copyright, notice uh, of copyright, right, which you, which you publish in a paper for six weeks, that's what I, I would see. suggest. And you're making so them an legal, offer. No, you're not making them an offer. <clears throat> you're giving them the law. Look, notice of copyright, you, you put your name in there, right, and... Anybody that uses any variation of your name, let's say your name is Stu Ham, okay? S-T-U-H-A-M-M. And and you put it in all lowercase. Anybody that uses this name in any form, capitals S, capital T, capital U, capital H, capital A, capital M, capital M, you know, any variation of this, you agree to pay me $50,000 for unauthorized use. Okay, and then when I send you a bill, you agree to pay that, and upon your failure to pay that, you agree, you expressly consent and 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 agree that I may uh, place a lien on your name and any and all your property wherever it is located in the world, and that if you fail to pay the lien off in three months or sixty or nine, six months or a year that I may, without further notice, take any of your property and sell it, right? And uh, do whatever else is necessary. So basically what you do is you construct your copyright claim. And then when everybody comes and harasses you, like the uh, the building department, saying that, you know, you're building illegally, you know, on your house when you're just replacing the roof because it's 20 years old and it's got a few holes in there and it likes to rain in and the snow or whatever... Well, you give them that, and then they then they write you something, right? Well, then you just do the process on them, you know, and then you just go and file your UCC ones after a month or two after you send them a bill. And man, they hate that because it ruins their credit. What you do is you you, you take that UCC one form after you file it and get a certified copy, and you send it over to Equifax, and that will ruin the guy's credit right there. Okay, especially if you have two million one hundred thousand dollars, you'll never get another loan for at least five years, right? And uh, you know, if you do that, but in order to file a legitimate lien on someone, don't you need a judge's uh, order? Well, your order is to cease and desist using my name without my authorization. You know, yeah, and just way because I- you're. What's that? The way I'm the way I'm seeing your own order is that the public notice is your offer. You're breaking up. up. Yeah, you're breaking up. Oh, sorry. The way I see it is. Well, well, that's the well, well, essentially what it is is by them continuing on using your name without authorization, whether it's a cop, a judge, an attorney, or whatever it is. They're agreeing to the terms of the contract, and and why would that be? Does anybody know? Because they defaulted. Well, if we look at um, Section Two 
of uh, of three Bouvier's Institutes of American Law, 531. It says that that a contract is is giving them anybody any notices, and they neglect to do anything within the time you give them. That judgment has got to be given against them for their default, right? And it's just like if if you take somebody to court and they got 21 days to file and they don't do it. Well, you got legal right. I mean, you got to do, you got the right to do it privately. Can you give? Can I get that link or uh, citation again from you? Please, uh, this you is Donaldson. Bovier. Three Bovier's Institutes of American Law, five thirty one. Three, five thirty one. Okay, thanks. Five thirty one, and that's the eighteen fifty four edition one, and that's note thirty three eleven. Okay, we're gonna have to. So note thirty-three eleven. Note thirty-three yeah, eleven. Note note, note thirty-three eleven. Yeah, it's okay. pretty powerful. Okay. I mean, that's that's what you do. See, you wrap these guys up with all these things here, right? And they, there's not much room that they can do after. But anyway, yeah, um, me, good talking to you guys. Real quick, anything else? Uh, yeah, one other thing: the Title Thirty One. We didn't. You didn't mention that when you were talking about the the Federal Reserve note, the Title One Fifty One Eighteen, the Gold Clause. Uh, talking about con- uh, the U.S. not being able to hand out gold coin, I didn't. Uh, no, no, that's no, that's did, did you mention that? No, no Article right One, here. Article yeah. One, uh, Section Ten, mm-hmm. Clause Five says that the only thing that Congress can make, as far as legal tender of payment, is gold and silver coin. Okay, right. Now check out Title Title 31, Section 5118, uh, B, where it says the United States government may not pay out any gold coin. A person lawfully well, holding the United States... Yeah, go ahead. Well, that's an unconstitutional law right there, right? So that would okay. be a good, good, good point of order right there, because then you refer back to the U.S. Constitution, Article 1, Section 10, mm-hmm. Clause 5. <clears throat> says that Congress shall make nothing but gold and silver uh, coin as a payment of tender, right? Tender of payment. <clears throat> so what the hell are you talking about here, you know? And I could show you Title 31. <coughs> uh, title, I think it's 31 uh, CFR uh, 1010. Um, what was that? I used to know that one right off my head there. But it says that promissory notes are are are, are valuable, just like uh, you know, and there's you can circulate them as money there, and you know the whole thing about Title Thirty One that's an unlawful uh, thing there because the Constitution says only gold and silver can be made a form of payment of uh, uh, you know form of payment. Right. So right. Well, that's a Federal yeah. Reserve note. So that would be a good thing to challenge them on, and it's like. Uh, to, to polish this off or, or, or to conclude tonight, I've had people uh, say that, you know, he violated local rules here and local bankruptcy rules or local civil rules and, or whatever the local home rule thing is. And uh, they said that it, it should be dismissed because he didn't follow that or she didn't follow that or so-and-so didn't follow that and it's required. Well, <clears throat> I always get back down to this. If you should deny me on a local rule or a home rule statute, that's unconstitutional. <clears throat> and, you know, like, like especially in bankruptcy. Mm-hmm. 
the Constitution. Did you know that? Says, yeah, no, go, keep going minute, with your point. Wait a minute, because it says under the Constitution that the, 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 the rules for bankruptcy shall be uniform. So if we have four different bankruptcy courts, districts in California, and we multiply four times 50, how many do we have across the several states? We got over 200. Well, that's not very uniform now, right? Because if you go from uh, Southern California to Central California, Eastern District, they got different rules there, you know, and, uh, and they're quite opposite of each other. And they make you jump through an extra hurdle. So basically what you do is you threaten them with suit of the local rules or the home rule rules, and they never enforce that against you. It's beautiful, you know, but you just got to know how to play these jokers. Mm. Did you know, I, I, it, just to complement what you were saying, because I know you want to close out the call, um, and you should, because uh, you're you're great at, uh, at at coming on here and doing your thing, uh, The that I looked in the Constitution and did a word search for home rule, and I think home not, home doesn't appear in the Constitution at all, and the word no, rule appears. No, we're not appears. talking about that. No, mm. no, it's not. You won't find home rule there. But see, what it says is that it, it, it says in, in a part of the Constitution that um, you know the organic law they, they shall pay, pay, uh, you know shall not uh, enact ex post facto law, right? Well, mm-hmm. the organic rule is is the Constitution. So any law that you make after the Constitution is essentially illegal or unlawful, right? In that context. So basically, that's a you know Congress's rules that saying that we've annexed the Angeles uh, forest right east of Los Angeles up there as a federal park, federal national park. Well, that's an unlawful, unconstitutional act because number one, that's an ex post facto law. We never said that they could come out of their their ten square miles unless the state ceded the territory and sold it to them. Well. You know, Angeles National Forest was never ceded by California and it was never paid for, right? And if they did, uh, you know, pay for it in in Federal Reserve notes, it wasn't paid for because it's required to be paid in gold and silver. So therefore, all their stuff fails when you get back down to the Constitution, right? So that's where we're going, essentially. Stick with that. Stick with what the rules are, so long as they're not repugnant to the Constitution, and oh, you guys will be fine. You know, you just gotta dig them out and uh, present those facts. Yeah, study them and know them, so that you can just say them at the top of your head, like you do. Well, see, I can extemporize because you know I deal with it all the time. Yeah. yeah. Well, know, repetition makes perfect, right? Right. Right. <laughs> Well, that's great. Well, it's been to, to give a clear definition real quick of ex post facto law, though, um, uh, I think uh, this capsule summary that I that I reformatted from um, a bar review for constitutional law uh, says that it is a law which has a retroactive punitive effect, so government may not impose a punishment for conduct which, at the time it occurred, was not punishable. Well, that's not necessarily well. See, that's like uh, passing SBX one two two eleven, where where you know they they got they can receive emoluments like the 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 judges done in the, the superior court. Well, an ex post facto law fundamentally means anything after the Constitution, right? Because we already know what what uh, 
what, what uh, good and bad is, it's following the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt not steal, covet, whatever, right? Thou shalt not eat shellfish. Thou shalt take a day of rest. Uh, you know, all these things, right? And, you know, and if you steal, you know, you know, thou shalt not steal. So we already know that. So all these other rules. I don't rules, think shellfish is one of them. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah, it is. And one of the commandments? Yeah, it is. Yep. It's Where? Not, which one is thou shalt not eat shellfish? Well, it, it's in the Bible there, and there, did you know that there's 13 commandments, not just 10? No, I only was taught 10 at Catholic. Well, that's, that's, <laughs> well there's, there's 13. It's a few oh, pages God. beyond where the Ten Commandments I know, are. I know. But, but anyway, so Catholic school, so much for mm-hmm. that, you know. God, it was awful. I hated it. Yeah, I'm going to put a link into the chat room for you guys about some miscellaneous constitutional provisions out of this bar review stuff and that's where i got the uh, ex post well all right but see, the, bar review, the, the bar review is a, 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 the, the bar is a, a group trying to subvert what the constitution is and they're trying to change meanings and terms mm-hmm. the fundamental law is the constitution ex post facto laws or any laws that they create after that because we already got the bible to slap you on the head when you steal right and you covet and you, <laughs> you know, you take advantage of the, your, you know, your next door neighbor's wife when he's not home, right? <laughs> but uh, I mean, come on. I mean, it's all there, right? I mean, ide- ideally. Oh, yeah. This could go on forever. You're right, Angela. Thank you, sir. Thanks, Donaldson, for being in a nice, quiet place for a change. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, well, good Thank talking you. to you guys, and we'll have another chat sometime. Thanks, Kevin. I appreciate you yeah. coming on last minute like that. Everybody, thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, all of you that had your hand unmute, uh, had your hand up. I unmuted you. Well, uh, well, I didn't notice everybody. We can, talk, we can talk after the recording, and we, if they want to, and chat about a few things for another twenty minutes. But well, I'll leave the recording going. <laughs> might as well, unless you want me to turn no, it no, off. No, no, turn it off, and we'll. All right. Another fun stuff. You okay, because I've got to go tend to my son anyway. Okay. All right. But I'll leave it on here. Let me end it. It's been fun. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next Thursday. I love you. Take care now, of wait, each other. Wait, wait. Can you stay like five minutes? I'm me. Yeah, yeah, I could stay five minutes. But let me end the recording, and uh, we'll go from there. All right. Good night, everybody. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.